All right, everybody. So I'm here with the one and only MGTOW philosopher. MGTOW philosopher, thank you for coming on to the MGTOW Academy show. It's an honor to have you here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, and thank you very much for that uh, kind intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, you are you are a pretty well-known guy, so it is an honor to have you. So um, it's glad to know that you're doing well. I do have a couple of questions here that I'd like to ask you. And I'm sure my viewers would like to know your opinion on them and all that sort of stuff. So we'll get started with the first question. Uh, what's one thing or maybe a few things that you dislike about men going their own way? This could be about the philosophy itself or a common, seeing, uh, common thing that is seen in the actual like men that follow MGTOW. What is the stuff, you know, one thing that you don't like? Hmm. One thing I don't like about or or a couple things I don't like about men going the wrong way. Well, I don't like when it's represented as some kind of movement or a philosophy, okay? Because I'm a philosopher. Something people don't realize about me is while I do joke a lot and use a lot of humor, uh they tend mm -hmm. to miss the philosophy that I use in my shows to deconstruct and reconstruct arguments and break down people's opinions and viewpoints and uh you know, show the nonsense of their views. And I don't like uh, MGTOW being represented as a philosophy because there's no such thing. You know, philosophy is a lens through which you view the world to better understand it. You know, a different type right. of lens. It's going to give you a slightly different view of the world. Now, that's not MGTOW. MGTOW is not a philosophy, first of all. It's just, you know, a few simple things. Don't live with a woman. Don't marry a woman. Don't put yourself in a position where you in any way, shape, or form have to give her resources. Don't have kids with her. I mean, that's it. That's MGTOW. And as long as you follow those three, four simple definitions, those three things, those axioms that make MGTOW a MGTOW or bachelor, essentially, which is what a MGTOW is, then... Right. You're MGTOW. That, that's not a philosophy. Okay, so I don't like when people represent it as a philosophy. And another thing I don't like is when men who are MGTOW uh, use the term movement. It's, it's a movement. Oh, oh, I, this, this, oh, I need to go MGTOW and join MGTOW. And he said, no, you're not joining anything, okay? We're not like a club, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're right. not that, we're not that, like the woman haters club in that, what was it? The little rascals had that, uh, He-Man he woman. Yeah, yeah, He-Man's woman. Yeah, that's a place. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Well, that's an actual club, you know. They they had a little clubhouse right. and they had a little registrar of all the members and shit. That that's not MGTOW. We're we're decentralized, right. individualist, and I suppose okay, now I suppose you could classify an individualist movement as a movement, so long as you were to include the caveat that it's individuals. So it's based on individualism, and in that sense it's a group of people going their own way. In that sense, you could classify it as a movement, I suppose, but not in a collective sense. So those are two things All I right. don't like. The, the representation of it as a movement when really it's just, I'm a bachelor, and I'm a bachelor in a modern day and age that dislikes men, that has a negative viewpoint of men, that feminism, I'm living in a day and age where feminism has become the norm, where that has become the ruling narrative. And as a man, I'm recognizing the changes in society and the differing reasons that I'm going to be a bachelor as opposed to the past. So the change in the name from just, you know, because, you know, I could just say bachelor. But the reason MGTOW is used is to essentially recognize the change in times and the changing reasons that I'm deciding to be a bachelor. So the the change in name from being a bachelor to MGTOW is just a recognition of the changes that have occurred in society as a whole in regards to how men are viewed 
and the reasons why we as men are going our own way or why we're being bachelors, hence the change in the name for the change in the times and the reasons that we would decide to be a bachelor in the first place. Okay, that might have been a little too involved and <laughs> complicated explanation. I hope it made sense. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, I like complicated. That's just me. Well, I think uh, I explained okay, so- it pretty simply. I think what I, I mean, that's what I try to do. I try to take something that's a little more complex and explain it in as simple a term as uh, possible. Something that many philosophers don't do. Generally speaking, they just keep things very academic, uh, very pretentious, very elitist and intellectual in the way they describe things. And the people are left scratching uh-huh. their heads saying, what, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I don't understand yeah. him. Uh, you know, and <laughs> so, you know, I understand him, but the key to showing that you understand something isn't how complexly you can ex- describe it, but how simply. That's how you know that somebody really understands something is can you describe something that's complex in a way that even a monkey could understand? If you can do that, you have demonstrated that you understand the subject at hand. If you can't, you probably don't understand it so well. All right. All right. That's good. By the way, I want to apologize. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but my swivel chair is it's squeaky as heck. Like, nah, I can't hear anything. Shut up. Nah, I can't okay, hear it. Okay, good. Every time I like every time I breathe it, it, it just makes a noise, and I and I'm like I hope he doesn't hear that. Or no, you got a decent you got a so. decent microphone. Your microphone is similar to mine in the sense that it picks up sound that's closer to the mic, and it it, it minimizes that which is further away. So it's a little more okay. professional of a microphone, thank God. Otherwise, I probably would hear it if it was just a cheap twenty dollar <laughs> microphone. Okay, yeah, good. It was two hundred bucks, and it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I spent six hundred on mine. I wanted to go, uh, you know, for all the bells and whistles, uh, so I bought a professional studio uh, microphone. So it made a big difference. I figured, you know, if I'm going to record and at least want to be sounding semi-professional, I should get, you know, the best microphone they had in the store. So, yeah, good point. Good but I understand point. that's right. outside of most people's price range—six, seven hundred bucks for a microphone. But uh, and you probably don't need anything like that. It's so, yeah, you probably can get something comparable for much less. Right, right, right. All right. And uh, another thing, would you just uh, refer to MGTOW as like an ideology or like how would you refer to it? We're trying like a lot of guys are going their own way. So would you refer to it as an ideology? No, not at all. How would you refer to it? Okay, so this is a very common mistake. You see, the mistake that a lot of people make who aren't MGTOW, who are becoming MGTOW, they associate mm-hmm. the life experiences of those men that are MGTOW as some kind mm-hmm. of ideology right. that's representative of MGTOW. I talked about this a lot when I had my prior YouTube channel before the uh, Nazis, the actual Nazis at YouTube, uh, deleted my <laughs> channel because you know they can't handle any views that diverge from their leftist narrative. Uh, essentially, the mistake that people make is that they look at men who are MGTOW and they, and they listen to them. It's like, geez, they're all saying the same thing. That's their ideology. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. They're just men who happen to have had the same life experiences. So they're coming together and they're talking about those life experiences. So oftentimes people mistake what is a symptom for the cause. So they're saying, oh, Listen to all the things they're saying. That's their ideology, and that's why that, that's representative of what made them go MGTOW. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's symptomatic of the treatment they've had at the hands of society and women in general, and they've had these bad experiences, or they've seen family members or friends who've had these bad experiences, and so they've made the logical, rational, reasonable choice to go their own way. 
So what they're talking about is a symptom of what is the cause. It's not the cause. So when, when you talk about ideologies, ideologies, generally speaking, are what make people adopt a certain belief system. Okay, So ideologies are a belief system, but they're much more than that. Ideologies are also a framework within which certain beliefs exist, and it removes the necessity for people to think for themselves. Right, So that's why so many leftists, they can't think critically, they can't think logically, they can't think reasonably because they've adopted an ideology and they don't need to think for themselves. And this is much like religion. Religion is an ideology and it acts like a crutch in life because everything you need is right there. Oh, I, I need to do this. I need to do that. Well, let me just look at the Bible and the Bible will give me all the answers I need. <laughs> and so, you know, they go directly to their sacred cow, which is the Bible or whatever holy book that they follow and the holy book has all the answers they need and it removes the necessity to think for themselves and that's what ideologies do and i don't believe in ideologies i think ideologies are very dangerous the beliefs i have are based on empirical evidence they're based on reality i am a realist uh, if, if somebody was to ask and i don't like labels by the way but if somebody were to ask me what school of philosophy i do belong to i suppose the one that's nearest and dearest and would most closely fit uh, my philosophical bent would be realism and pragmatism. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm a pragmatic or practical realist. Okay. I believe in looking to reality for the lessons that I need to learn about life and history. I believe in inductive and deductive reasoning. And I, what I don't believe in is idealism where I abstractly find answers in my head and then try to apply those answers to the real world, which, you know, may or may not work if the abstractions that I've come up with in my head actually will graft onto the real world because, as we know, reality, it doesn't always work the way we want it to. The real world has its right, own rules right. and own dictums that you're not going to change. You know, a rock is a rock is a rock. People says, oh, oh, but perception is reality. I don't perceive that as a rock. Well, motherfucker, please, it's a rock. Yeah, that's, that's reality, okay? You're talking about little right. fucking word games and talking about how you perceive it. And first of all, Perception is not an output tool. It's an input tool. It just gives you information. You're not able to project outward what you're thinking in your head and then graph that onto reality. So that's idealism. I guess I went off track a little bit. But uh, ideology, that's yes. Fine. Ideology that's fine. That's fine. Is, is nothing more than a crutch for people who don't want to think for themselves. And MGTOW is not an ideology. So a lot of times people mistake the symptom for the cause. They see a big group of people sharing similar experiences, and they identify that as an ideology that these people adopted that made them make the choice to go their own way because, of course, what kind of man wouldn't want to be with a woman? Oh, my God, that's unthinkable. Uh, so, you know, they look, look for some kind of excuse, some kind of way to explain, to rationalize why this person would want to go their own way. Oh, they must have been brainwashed by some kind of ideology or something. Oh, yeah. No. No. That's symptomatic. It's not the cause. And what you see is ideology. It's just these men expressing themselves in a communal atmosphere and talking about the things that have happened to them. Okay. And if you want to look at it that way, oh, well, these things happened and made them go their own way. Yeah, but that's not an ideology. Okay. They didn't just stumble into some chat room somewhere and hear a bunch of people talking about all this stuff that sounded novel and good. Ooh, hmm. These all sound like good ideas. I think I will go meet out. No. <laughs> no. The majority of men have had real life experiences. They have seen the effects that modern day society and, and cancerous feminism have on men, and they've decided not to expose themselves to that kind of toxicity. 
the only real toxicity that's really existing, which is toxic femininity, to be perfectly honest. Okay, that was too long an answer, but I hope that answered your question. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever you need to do to get your point out, uh, I surely appreciate it and the viewers appreciate it. As long as we understand it, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, that's okay. Next. All right. So next question. Do you believe that MGTOW will become more mainstream or like a completely mainstream thing? If so, how could this be bad or how could it be a good thing? I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to become mainstream. I, I, I don't think right. that's going to happen at all. Uh, because from what I've seen of society in general and the left, All right. they mm -hmm. just double down, double down. Whenever things get worse, whenever they get challenged, they're intractable. They just dig their feet in and they just adhere to that narrative that left this feminist oppressor oppressed Marxist narrative even more. Uh, now, now, what's going to happen? I can tell you what's going to happen, okay? Simple deductive reasoning, logic, knowing history, looking at the most plausible logical outcome is that the media is going to continue. Now, they're going to talk about it more, okay? As MGTOW does right. grow, they're going to have no choice. They're going to feel like they have no choice anyway. <laughs> now, of course, true, if they were smart, true. you see, now, if they were smart, they would just ignore it. Uh, they wouldn't talk about mm -hmm. it at all. But that's not right. how leftists are, okay? They feel this need yeah, to we know attack. That. Right. Yeah, they feel this need to attack it, to invalidate whatever they see as a threat to them. It would be best if they just ignored it and then talk about it and thereby not give it any press because people are becoming more and more red-pilled to how disingenuous and dishonest your typical leftist is. But they don't know that because they live in little bubbles. They're out of touch with reality. They think their narrative is reality, is truth. They're completely blue-pilled people. Essentially, they believe that Perception is reality. Okay, so they are going to continue with their narrative. And, and the more aware, the larger MGTOW gets, the more they're going to report on it. And the more they're going to try to essentially smear anybody that uses the term MGTOW. And you've seen this already from people right. who you thought were kind of on men's side. But no, like that uh, Paul Joseph Watson douchebag. Oh, yeah. That, that, mm -hmm. that motherfucker. Uh, I, I talked about him in one of my podcasts. What an asshole that guy is. And I've seen pictures of this guy. You know, he, he, he's no <laughs> prize. I, I, he looks like he's got this big fucking uh, body with this tiny little bobble head. And I, it looked like Beetlejuice. <laughs> I saw this fucking guy. Now, I've seen pictures of his head. But when I saw his whole body, it was like Frankenstein. And then this tiny little fucking pimple of a head. And I was like, what the fuck? And disheveled hair everywhere, and he looked like a goofy motherfucker. He looked like Lurch with, like, a little Pez dispenser head. And I was mm -hmm. like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy talking about? He's talking down and acting superior and condescending, like he's some kind of prize fucking uh, bull. And, <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. these fucking MGTOW or a bunch of loser incels or something. Dude, look in a mirror. <laughs> and, he's, and he's walking around all the time with this fucking cigarette hanging out of his mouth, trying to look like he's <laughs> tough. And he's like, oh, I've got a fag hanging out of my mouth. Well, you got something hanging out of your mouth. You're certainly a fag. And I think whatever's hanging in your mouth isn't a fucking cigarette. It's probably some other guy's cock. Uh, so this <laughs> fucking guy, he really, I couldn't believe it. And I replied to him and I made a, a response video. Of course, he never responded and he never retracted yeah. his statements. And there are a bunch of other people who have attacked MGTOW because what you need to realize about MGTOW is it's not just the left that hates us. It's also mm. the right, the far, the, the right. Okay. The conservative right also don't 
like MGTOW. Uh, so yep. the tra traditional conservatives, as well as your leftist feminazis, hate MGTOW. Exactly. And so you're not going to see them let up. If anything, they're going to double down and become even more aggressive toward MGTOW the bigger it gets. Because in their minds, the only way to defeat these ideas that clash with their own is to challenge them. We have to challenge them in the marketplace of ideas. The only problem is they're biased. They, they, they have a cognitive dissonance going on and said so they don't know that their position is actually the wrong position and it's untenable because they become personally attached to their viewpoint, to their view of the world, to their beliefs. It's become part of their personality, okay? So it's become a part of them and this personal bias has misled them. You know, I was looking at a video from uh, that guy, Stefan Molyneux. I don't know if you know who he is. I'm familiar with him. Yeah, and he, you know, he was essentially defending MGTOW, right? He was talking to some broad who said she hates MGTOW and all that. And he was talking about how, you know, they have a lot of uh, grievances that are, you know, rational and logical. And, you know, their views are pretty much yeah, valid. But at the same time, he's never right. interviewed a MGTOW. And he goes on and on about the benefits of marriage. You should get married. You should find a wife, find a girlfriend. You should be having kids in your early 20s, this guy is saying. Yeah, I can think of no better recipe for disaster than having a kid at 20, 20 year, one years old, which is what he advocates women should do. Good idea. Good uh, idea. Uh. Yeah, you only have an 80% chance. Well, actually, that's bullshit. They're, they're really, it'll be like a 100% chance of divorce if you get married at that young an age. And so he's showing his biases there. So he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. So even those mm -hmm. people who are more rational and logical and reasonable, they can't help but advocate for marriage. So they're part of the problem. And so it's going to just get worse. Okay, but that's good mm -hmm. for us. That's good for us yep. because they're giving us free advertising. <laughs> they're, right. They're, Absol they're, absolutely. Every time we get criticized, it, it, you know, everyone's going to wonder, what is MGTOW? I've never even heard of them. And that's how more people discover us. So then they, instead of listening to the criticism of MGTOW, they actually discover what we're really about. And then that's how MGTOW grows. Right, right. Because you see, the media, they are dishonest. They dishonestly and in a disingenuous way represent MGTOW. And the same on the right. And I'm sure the righties, they believe they're doing the right thing by still advocating <laughs> that men get married course, and, you know, take the blue pill and have kids. And yet, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, basically, put yourself in a position where it's more dangerous than Russian roulette. I mean, you got a one in six uh -huh. chance of blowing your fucking head off, right? But you got a 93.4% chance if it's your first marriage of that marriage ending within the first 10 years. And this is something people don't understand. They don't know these numbers, okay? These are from the uh, Census Bureau, okay? And so right. the last census, so every 10 years they do a census. So they, uh, the same people that 10 years before they had interviewed to see if those people were still married, 10 years later they go back to the same people. They're not married anymore. So it gives you mm -hmm. a very accurate estimate. That 50% is bullshit. Okay, that, 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 that's just an amalgamation in one year of how many people get divorced in that year. It doesn't count whether they're first marriage, second marriage, third marriage. There's no focus group of any kind centered around when they actually got married. It's not like they're following people from a specific month in a specific year and then looking at right. those people 10 years down the line. It's just an amalgamation of everybody in one year that got divorced, and it doesn't take into account any of these it takes into account, in fact, all the extraneous details, and it doesn't in any way practice any specificity in terms of the statistical analysis. So, And I made a video all about this, too, where you have to look specifically 
specifically at a specific focus group. So you'd have to start and look at people in a specific year and then look at them in 10 years or five years and see how many are still married, right? But that's not what they do. That's not what they do. They just count everybody getting married, divorced in one specific year. And, oh, 50%. No. <laughs> that's dishonest. Very dishonest. And you, you know it's, it's you, you know that it's dishonest because those numbers can be cooked. But you know what numbers can't be cooked? Averages. Averages cannot be cooked. You can't cook average numbers. And if you do a Google search, and by the way, any of your listeners can do a simple Google search and look up the average length of a marriage in the West. In America, it's 8.7 years. You'll find this number on numerous websites. They can't cook that number. Well, did you know that whatever average you come up with, generally speaking, half of that average is below the average? So let's say that it's – so it is 8.7 years, right? What that means is that 50 percent of those people are married less than 8.7 years. Oh, wow. I'm sure it's worth it, though, right? Let's just believe the propaganda that's put out to us. I'm sure those eight and a half years or whatever is worth it, right? Oh, yeah, it's Obviously. bliss. It's, it's bliss. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> and the divorce rape that you suffer and get your kid ripped away from you and all, all your money taken. It. Oh, all yeah. It, you know? <laughs> Yeah, th- th- this it's is the prop. This is the propaganda. So both the right and the left, they benefit from this nonsense. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. you know they both serve the same government, which needs more debt slaves, which needs more empty-brained, uh, a troglodytic, knuckle-dragon, mouth-breathing morons who can't think for themselves to continue to pay into the ever-growing uh, tax parasite that is the government. Well, that's what the government loves. Government loves people who don't think for themselves. I mean, that's 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 like who the government loves. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. That's all. That's all government schools are, by the way. The the monopoly that they have on education. That's why they don't want you to get vouchers. Oh, yeah, about it. There's no such thing. I mean, mm-hmm. if if education in America was fair and just, I mean, they really want fairness. Why don't you let people decide what they're going to do with their own tax dollars in regards to their kids' education? Why don't you just have a voucher mm-hmm. program in every state? Oh, well, you know, the teachers' unions don't want that <laughs> because most of these teachers are crap. They're morons. They don't know how to teach, but they have guaranteed jobs just so long as there's a government monopoly. And the moment that you introduce mm-hmm. some kind of competition into the system, they can say goodbye to their jobs. So most teachers are 100% against voucher programs. Of course, the government is too because when they have a public school, when they have a government school, they can indoctrinate the students. While if there's private schools and there's competition, eh, they can't really get away with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how, going back to uh, PGW, Paul Joseph Watson, what did he call us? He called <laughs> yeah. us men grabbing their own wieners. Is that Something what like that. Yeah. He said that uh, they're honest incels. Okay, so the the, the honest incels. Yeah, he doesn't even – and I'm going to do my next podcast. I think my monologue is going to be on the history and creation of how the incel actually developed. It's a very misunderstood subject. I suggest everybody watch it. But um, he didn't even know what an incel is, by the way. And and people told me he's gay. I've heard this, that he's actually gay. Now, I don't know. I did a Google search, and although Google is supposed to be the end-all, be-all of search engines, I didn't find anything. Maybe he's just not that yeah. prolific with his sex life, but I've had several people tell me the guy is gay, you know, which would explain a lot. That's very interesting. If he's actually gay, what a nerve on this fucking guy. Talk about the fucking balls on this motherfucker. He doesn't even have to put himself into the situations that he is remonstrating men for wanting to avoid. Oh, you, you MGTOW, you're all a bunch of just honest 
incels. You should just get married already and stop playing those computer games and cut your hair and lose weight. Because, of course, all of you are incels. Of course, it couldn't be that there's just a small fringe group of guys that are calling themselves MGTOW, but they're not actually MGTOW. But they want to identify as MGTOW because, well, you know, they want to avoid the shame of what they really are, which is incels, okay? And they're just a fringe group. They're identifying, but they're not actually MGTOW men. Of course, you... Paul Joseph Watson want to identify them that way because you want to get a little fucking ego boost by being able to attack somebody that you see as beneath you, which says a lot about him, by the way, and his of own – yeah, how confident a person he really is that he needs to go out of his way to attack, to group people into what he terms a pathetic group. They were all incels. A loser. I hate that. <laughs> I really don't like that guy. And by the way, I used to like his content. Me too. Uh, me too. But after he made that uh, uh, attack – it was just uh, totally unprovoked. It came out of nowhere. I'm watching this video. I'm like, yeah, it's interesting, interesting. And these segues into the MGTOW stuff, I'm like, well, where did that come from? What, what the hell is this guy talking Talk about moving the fucking goalpost and changing the argument. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went way off the uh, fucking reservation with that. Uh, I, so did. I, don't, did. I don't know what that was about, but anyway, yeah, I think the guy is yeah, a phony. I, st- I stopped watching, uh, like, I used to watch, you know, different alternative news sources so you know guys like you know paul dress watson uh other guys like Infowars, you know different shows like the rubin report mm. uh you know shows like that i used to watch them a lot and i was like okay this is good i want to avoid the mainstream liberal bias and then what i noticed was that you know they're not really that different than liberals in no. my opinion because the one thing that i wanted to avoid was the childish nonsense that i you know was seeing in the left name-calling, uh, just ignorance, stupidity, that sort of stuff. And I was like, you know, after actually thinking by myself for once after a while, after, like, watching InfoWars or should I say InfoWars, uh, you know, Paul <laughs> Watson, all that stuff, yeah. Ruben Report, I was like, you know, some of the stuff here, it is a bit ridiculous. You know, they're not that different from mainstream media when you think about it. And then, you know, I, I started seeing videos, uh, just watching these videos of criticisms, for the, the sources that I once trusted, uh, I started to research where the money was going, and that really opened up my eyes. Because after I saw, you know, how, for example, the Rubin Report, they were getting a lot of funding from a company that had uh, lots of ties to the, I'm not sure how to say the Koch Brothers, the Koch Brothers. Koch Brothers, yes. Coke, Coke, Coke Brothers. Coke yeah. Brothers, Coke Brothers. Yeah, that just really rang some bells and alarms in my head. And I was like, huh, nope, not trusting you guys anymore. So, so I stopped watching them a long time ago. Like, I knew that these guys aren't what they claim to be. So the whole attack on Mick Tao and it, or whatever it is, that came as no surprise to me when I saw the video. I was like, oh, nah, not a really, not, 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 not much of a big surprise to me. Because I knew that this guy wasn't really here to. What, what what's the lie that they use? Truth, truth journalism is what they call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever lie they call it, truth journalism. You know, I stopped watching. You know, Alex Jones. I used to trust that guy too, but you know, you know, initially when he started out doing his stuff, he was there for the truth. I agree, but now he's just a, a fear mongerer. He's like a a top tier oil snakesman, if that's the right way well, to well, word snake it. Snake oil huh? salesman. Yeah, yeah. Snake oil salesman. How well, how do you, how, how do you want to say it? What you have to understand about these people is it's, it's not that cut and dry that they're all a bunch of phony balonies when it comes to everything mm-hmm. they're saying. You see, so there's a lot, a lot of cognitive dissonance. And for the people out there that don't understand what this is, cognitive dissonance is when you have a certain set of beliefs, generally ideological in nature, that tend to be uh, not impervious, in fact, very immune 
to logic and critical thinking and deconstructive uh, thinking. So right. they can very easily be attacked and deconstructed. So for this person to hold this set of beliefs, okay, they have to turn off the part of their brain that is in – are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay, I heard a – all right. Sounded like you got disconnected. Okay, so oh, no, no, no. So for these people to be able to hold these contradictory beliefs or to be able to be very intelligent to the point where you would think, well, how can he believe this? He's so smart. Is that the part of their brain that employs logic and reason and the ability to think critically mm -hmm. turns off whenever they're talking about or addressing these subjects. So, and usually it has to do with their sacred cows, those things. Like, for example, for the tra traditional conservatives, when they start talking about religion and traditional family and marriage, you know, that's one of their sacred cows. And that's the end-all, be-all. To them, that's the foundations of Western society, okay? Not the Enlightenment, right. uh, not philosophy or Enlightenment ideals or objective morality. Oh, no, it's the family, uh, which actually it was, by the way, but, uh, you know, that's been deconstructed to the point and destroyed uh, to such an extent that I don't know that when society is reconstructed after it collapses from all this massive debt and uh, deconstruction of Western society that it will become the prominent model uh, for the foundations of society again. I don't think it will. Uh, but to them, that's their sacred cow. You know, they, they love that. So for them to hold the, but but at the same time, you know, us MGTOW guys being MGTOW, going our own way, the beliefs we have, the experiences that we have directly challenge their sacred cow, their beliefs in marriage and the traditional family and the Christian uh, ethics of, you know, getting married and having kids and being faithful to your wife. And, of course, you know, most of them are divorced. So, you know. Right. Uh, so they don't want to face those truisms, okay? They don't want to look at reality. They don't want to see the truth. So that's why they attack MGTOW. That's why they down MGTOW men and call us all these names because we're directly challenging one of their most holy sacred cows, which is their belief in marriage. And, of course, if they didn't have this cognitive dissonance going on, they would see. You know, they, they, they would see the tremendous risks. And there are some people that have it slightly turned off. Like I was talking about uh, Stefan Molyneux. But even he's not able to completely dismiss himself from his own biases because he's telling people, oh, good, get married. Just search. You need to search more. I have he's like, you need to search more. There's, there's that needle in a haystack. And you just need to search the haystack more. It's like, well, dude, that's easy for you to say. You know, you found your supposed no Walton. By the way, he's like around my age, so he's an older guy, and so people people don't seem to understand is that women in my generation, it's still a little more possible, but less likely than it is of women in say this uh, recent generation or the generation that came after right. those to find actual right. decent women. What he's not recognizing is the dramatic changes that have taken place in society and that women are not the way they used to be even in his generation and even women from my generation are uh, for the most part nasty self-entitled cunts who believe that at the age of 50 or 55 after spurning men their whole lives in favor of a career I should suddenly be able to have a man and I can get rid of my cats. Uh, no, that's not reality because men my age and older want some broad that's 25 years old and they don't want to deal with your fucking nagging, fucking hag ass, look like the fucking crypt keeper. And essentially, <laughs> you're fully cooked and there's no change in you, no dealing with you. You've got a strong will. You're a strong, independent wayman. Yeah, well, I don't want to deal with that, okay? I don't want to be challenged every fucking day. I don't want to come home. 
Or I don't want to come see you and you want to debate me or talk about politics or whatever other bullshit. Please, I deal with that enough at work. You know, if I'm dating some broad, if I'm seeing some broad, the only thing I want to have to deal with is you suck my cock and then I go to sleep. That's it. <laughs> I, I, I don't want all this nonsense that I'm going to have to deal with from one of these strong, independent waymen with her fucking cats. So it's, it's, it's an ignorance of reality, these people on the right, these, these traditional conservative pinheads who essentially have adopted this traditional conservative belief set that requires them in many cases to employ cognitive dissonance and turn their brains off when it comes to discussing traditional conservative values because they're values that aren't good for them. They're just not good for you. I mean, people like that Ben Shapiro. Oh, my wife, yeah, she's a Moroccan Jew, whatever that means. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> she loves me and we'll never get divorced. Yeah, wait 10 years. Are you wait, sure wait, about wait. that, Ben? Yeah, wait 10 years, Ben. You know, you, you can see the future, huh? You got a crystal fucking ball that I don't have? I mean, Jesus Christ, why don't you use that crystal ball to win the fucking lottery, okay? I mean, Jesus, pal. You, you don't know what the future holds. You don't know what the future holds, you, you, you superior, self-righteous asshole, you. You don't know. So don't tell me to get married because somehow it worked out for you. And by the way, even if it does work out for you, Ben, that by no means says it's going to work out for me. I mean, yeah, sure, there's some guys that fall out of 10-story buildings and live. What do you fucking do? Does that mean I'm going to jump out of a 10-story fucking building? I heard about one guy. He jumped out of an airplane. His parachute didn't open, and he survived the fall. He bounced a few times. He hit the fucking ground. Maybe he hit some soft ground. I don't know. He certainly didn't hit concrete. But whatever the case might be, he actually lived. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go jump out of a fucking airplane with no parachute too. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, geez, my odds are real good because this other guy survived, right? Yeah, and then you die. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Common Christ. Common sense, right? You would think. You would think. But because some guys are successful, these guys that are successful – in an area, in an arena where most men are going to end up becoming nothing more than a casualty. Oh, yeah, you should, you should put yourself in harm's way, too. Yeah, I played Russian roulette, and I didn't blow my fucking head off. Oh, you should yeah, try it, too. It yeah, really? <laughs> this, this retarded logic that this guy, who is worth six or seven figures, he thinks he found himself a good wayman, and she found herself a good man, which means a man who is essentially going to continue to be a resource hog uh, and yeah. produce lots of resources for the foreseeable future because, right, you know, she right. knows she probably gave him a fucking IQ Q test before she married him. She probably asked him what his IQ was on their first date. What's your IQ, Ben? 155. She saw fucking dollar signs in her eyes and said, I'm marrying this guy. He's got a fucking law degree from Harvard. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, she hit the fucking jackpot, right? Come on. Yeah, course, what are the odds and, that she's going to divorce him? Is she going to divorce uh, him? When she, right. I mean, he's rich, right? You say he was, he was like worth, what, six, seven figures, right? Yeah, he's, worth, he's, he's worth seven figures, yeah. Uh, what, you know what, yeah. what the odds are? The odds are that when he stops being as successful or she gets bored, okay? That, yeah. that, that was the odds. When she gets bored and he's accrued enough resources, that's when she leaves. There, she's just waiting for the right moment, really. Okay? Basically. These might be fine at the moment, Ben, but you just wait and see, okay? Just wait and see, all right? Wait. You got to wait until your wife knows when to do it, right? She's just waiting. It's like a ticking time bomb, all right? <laughs> Yeah. Now, I will say this. At, uh, you know, I'm not 100% unaware of reality, and I'm not totally biased. In fact, I don't really have biases. I see reality as it is. I will say this. Do exceptions exist? Yes. I, I, you know, 
I'm a realist. I, I would be lying if I was to claim they didn't. I'd be very disingenuous to say they don't exist. Sure. It's a statistical truth. There have to be exceptions to rules, of course. It's, it's just simple math. But how big are those number of exceptions? Well, they're, they're very small. They're, they're very small. Yeah, they're one in a thousand maybe. I mean, those are horrible odds. I don't even think it's that many. But even if it's that, what is that? That's like uh, one-tenth of one percent. Holy shit, those are bad fucking odds. I mean, if that was... Well, you should if, still get married, right? I mean, there's still a chance, so you should still get married, right? You know? I, I got a better really? chance of winning fucking Russian roulette, and I would never play that fucking game, even if it was for money. Here's a million dollars right here. Just just one pull of the trigger, and you got a, you got a five in six chance of surviving. Just do it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Fuck you, no. And yet, and yet, we're supposed to take these tremendous risks... Okay, that are a virtual guarantee of failure for what payback? What, what, what's, what is the benefit? This is another thing. This is the thing that I find disingenuous about people on the right. They're talking about marriage and being traditional and helping yeah. society. Well, what about helping me? What, what's the benefit to me? And, you know, you could, then you'll, when you ask one of these people that, you'll hear the little clock like on fucking Jeopardy start going. And it's going to fucking go for a long fucking time. And they're still not going to have an answer for you. Or if they do have an answer, it's going to be something like that retarded bullshit from that PragerU video. Being married Mm. will allow you to improve yourself. You will work more. And you will work harder. And you will attain higher levels of education and professional success if you're married because it motivates you to improve yourself so you can earn more resources to give to that cunt and your ungrateful fucking kids so that you can be a fucking plow horse for the rest of your life and never experience any personal gratification or fulfillment for yourself. Oh boy, sign me up! Sign me up for that. Oh boy, I'm game. Yeah, there's no benefit. All of the benefits that they're talking about, they're not for you. They're for somebody else. No, tell me what mm-hmm. the benefit is to me. How am I benefiting? Oh, well, you know, what are you, a selfish man? How dare you? How dare you care about yourself, you <laughs> son of a bitch? It's your job to sacrifice for everybody else. It's not your job to care about you. I mean, what you paid for your kids' food and housing and your wife, your lazy, fat-ass wife, who doesn't want to cook anymore because she considers that oppressive while you go off to work 8, 12, 16 hours a day, but that's not her oppressing you. Oh, no. Uh, after all you've done all that, then you can worry about yourself. What you provided for everybody else. Oh, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. a real good deal. Yeah, I'm going to sign on the dotted line for that. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Did not tell on that right there. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, people, like, people they, like, they just think that marriage is a necessity of life. But they don't actually think about it. They, they, they right, don't right. look it's, at it's it. An in, it's an indoctrination. So it's part of the system. It's part of the society we live in. And the truth of the matter is the, the, the only construct is society because it doesn't exist. So this is something I try to get people to understand. There's no such thing as society. There's only individuals, okay? There, there's only individuals. So society doesn't exist because society is a collective. People are not collectives. Now, culture exists. But don't conflate culture with society because those two things are very different. Society as an idea is the actual construct, and it's used to manipulate and control the people who are living in a similar geographic area and sharing the same space, okay? That's all it is. 
So the, the idea of society and all these ideas society pushes on you, all these societal quote-unquote norms that you were taught from childhood are a legitimate expectation of you and that you should fulfill those expectations, that's just a construct. That's not real. And you can break free of that construct if you choose to see it for what it is, meaning become red-pilled, something that a lot of people don't understand. So you can be red-pilled but not MGTOW, but if you're MGTOW, you're going to be to some extent red pill because you're going to be awake and aware of reality to the extent that you see the lack of benefits in the traditional makeup of society and how it benefits a man so you decide to go your own way. So you have to be somewhat red-pilled and you have to re have rejected a blue pill ideology view of the world to a certain extent. Right. Right, right. Good way to put it, really. I like your over analysis of everything. That, I'm sure the viewers are going to appreciate this. That, that was very good. It, it really was. Well, I don't know that I over analyze things, but uh, if you want to call it that, okay. Yeah, whatever, whatever word I want to call it, sure. All right. So uh, I do have another question I'd like to ask you. This is a bit more of a quote unquote personal question. Sure, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as it's not too personal for you. Well, uh, if it is too personal, I just won't answer it. I can yeah, always okay, not so answer, so you're free to ask whatever you want. doesn't mean I have to answer. Uh, all, right, all right, cool. So what are your struggles with going your own way, as in, uh, in a daily life or whatever? What are your struggles? Like, I, I mean, I know it's hard. Like, like you, We're not naturally meant to go our own way and live a single life. We're meant to be uh, you know, living a life with a woman and, and reproducing and all that, but we're not doing that. So, so what are your struggles with going your own way? Okay, well, first of all, I don't agree with your uh, your premise that we're meant to do this or meant to do that. Uh, that's that's all right. part of it. Well, that's uh, this is the interesting thing about when people talk; they don't realize that they're using philosophy, but they are using philosophy. That's part of the determinism school. So that's a deterministic view of the world. Now, of course, to a certain extent, determinism is real in a biological and environmental sense, but. You know, I mean, for example, it gets cold. It's determined that I have to go in and put a fucking blanket over myself and crank the heat up uh, because it's been determined by nature and evolution that I am not equipped to survive outside for very long without some kind of protection. I'm not a fucking polar bear. So there are things that are biologically and environmentally determined for humans. But insofar as you saying that we are meant to do this, we are meant to do that, I don't right. agree. I, I don't agree at all. I think that humans right. find the meaning in their own life, and I think there's too much of a type of deterministic viewpoint of how we should live our lives uh, placed on people. I think that they're expected far too much to fulfill some kind of quote-unquote determined role, and that's a construct as well. That's not actual determinism. Right. That's, a, that's a constructed form of determinism. That comes from each person's individual bias, and to a certain extent, people have come together and determined that this is the right way, and so this is what we need to push on a societal level. So uh, I find meaning in my own life, but I know, I know what you're saying, that biologically we're keyed to want to get together and have kids and procreate, obviously. All right, All right. But uh, I think that there are some people I, – I think, again, there's exceptions. Okay, And I think the more intelligent that a species becomes, the more able they are to break away from the deterministic uh, expectations or the biological deterministic aspects of their nature and do what they want. You know, intelligence uh, gives us tremendous freedom. Okay, We're not slaves to our biology and our natures the same way that, say, a lion, a tiger, or a bear, oh my, is. 
okay? Right. We have the ability to find meaning in our lives outside of that animalistic predetermined scope. We don't, we don't necessarily have to have kids. We don't necessarily have to do this and that and the other to find meaning in our lives. Like Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, another popular uh, person who considers himself a centrist, but he's more conservative than anything else. Uh, who, right. you know, uh, constantly proclaims that to be happy and find meaning in your life, you have to do this and that and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. that's for you. Okay. And you, that, and that might be for a majority of people. That might be for 51% of people or 60%. But I think that's a closed minded view because I think that the more intelligent we become and the more we explore the boundaries in regards to where we can find happiness, the more we will discover that, oh, there's other things that can bring us joy and fulfillment and meaning in life than just having kids and getting married and having a family life. You see, people oftentimes, they, it's, it, life in many ways is a self-fulfilling prophecy. We have these beliefs we're giving from very early on in life, and we seek to fulfill those beliefs to find happiness. And so we don't think outside of that bubble that our expectations about what will bring us happiness uh, we don't think outside of that belief system, but I think if people were to free themselves from these self-fulfilling prophecies, if they were to free themselves from these beliefs, from these deterministic beliefs that oh, only doing this will bring me happiness, only doing that will bring me happiness, I have to do this to find meaning, otherwise my life will have no meaning. If people were to I think outside the box, as it were in other areas outside of the professional sphere. If they would apply that kind of open-minded, thinking outside the box way of looking at reality to all aspects of reality and then apply those to their lives, I think they would find that it's not just kids and wife that bring happiness. Uh, now, of course, there is uh, a, quite a bit of uh, you know, a, a, a societal pressure and it's of course we have to have kids to continue the race, right? So of course there of course. <laughs> there is an amount of uh, a self-serving or society-serving aspect uh, to these viewpoints. Uh, but you know, there's always going to be stupid people. There's always going to be right. stupid people and poor people who are going to have plenty of fucking kids. And oh, well, that's a that's a tragedy. The smart people like you and others will die off, and their genes will die. Eh, yeah, well, you know. In the grand scheme of things, I'll be dead. What the hell do I care? I'm not going to fucking care. I'll be worm food, you know? I'm an atheist. I don't think there's any fucking afterlife. I've seen no evidence of it. And so what the fuck do I care? Uh, so human, so the human race is set back, you know, a hundred, five hundred, a thousand years, evolutionarily speaking, in terms of their intellectual development. So they'll develop other, uh, a less, uh, uh, survivable, satisfactory traits for survival, and then, you know, most of the human race will die, and those people that are intelligent will survive, and so it'll begin to build up again, and intelligence will be a favored trait over being a lazy fucking blob who sits on their couch and gets welfare checks, or a single mother who uh, sponges off the government, and she's a moron herself, and she raises moron kids, and they become moron adults that sponge off the government. Uh, so, you know, society, uh, the world, uh, a human, the human race will continue onward after me. Don't, don't worry about me passing on my fucking genes, okay? I'll, <laughs> it's not necessary. Believe me. There's always going to be, you know, two stupid people who get together and they have a kid that's a fucking mutant who's, like, really intelligent and you can't figure it out. That happens sometimes. And intelligence won't die out. It'll become necessary again once all the welfare money runs out. Right. 
Good good point there. I'll actually like that analysis. That was very good. Um, so you don't really have any personal problems with MGTOW. You never really were at a point uh, questioning yourself, like, uh, well, is this oh, really right for me? Okay, anything? first of all, let, let me explain some things. So uh, I discovered the term MGTOW a couple years back. So it's it, – but I was – when I discovered it, I was like, oh, well, that's me, but I've never heard this before. I was like, okay, right. well, that, that's pretty much me. And before that, I had already become pretty red-pilled. I had already become red-pilled as to the nature of women. I mean, I, I knew that the best route was just, you know, going my own way. And I had already been doing that long before uh, right. I found out about, you know, the, the – I mean, I was a bachelor already. And, you know, I have a lot of – a lot of really <laughs> – I've had a lot of relationships with women, and I've learned uh, from my own experience that, yeah, they've become far more corrupted uh, by the toxic influences of the left and Marxism and socialism in general, and that's all feminism is, actually. It's just a tool of it's, – it's cultural Marxism, nothing more. The whole oppressor-oppressed narrative – I mean, if you look at them without the labels, without, oh, feminism, Marxism, remove that, and then you look at all the tenets, it's the same fucking thing. So, yeah, I already was well aware of these things. And by the way, if I were to go back, say, 30 years, maybe a little more than 30, when I first started dating as a, I mean, a teenager, I can tell you that women, uh, they were, okay, so feminism already had sunk its claws deep into young girls and women even back then. But it wasn't to the extreme point it is now. The rot had not set into the point where things were unsalvageable. You know what I mean? I right. mean, it wasn't so bad yet. There was still, in my mind, hope, and it wasn't, you know, super far gone. Uh, so, of course, you know, I think back to my own parents. <laughs> well, that's another story entirely. Uh, but... Yeah, feminism has been destroying women for a hundred years now, and I realized pretty early on I need to get out. I, I need to, and I came close to marriage a few times, and I said, "Yeah, nah, uh, I'm not interested." <laughs> all right, all right, all right, that makes sense. I got you there. I got you there. Sounds good. Yeah, because sometimes I've encountered you know those situations, just you know, not any actual life situations. It was just you know. Got lost in my thoughts uh, too much, and I was like, well, is this really right for me? But, you know, after just getting out of it, I mean, really what's happening, it's biology versus rational thinking. I mean, as a, you know, I'm 14, going through the hormone rage and all that, it's like, right. it's like terrorist versus pilot. I was talking to a friend last night, and that's what I was telling him. It was like terrorist versus pilot, you know? And by, <laughs> by the way, biology. By the yeah. way, my advice to you is, you know, uh, 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 pump them and dump them, bang and clang. Uh, the truth of the matter is women are still good for one thing, all right? All right. They're, they're still good for that. I've never, ever, 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 ever counseled someone uh, who's as young as you or even in their 20s to go full monk or anything like that. I think it's a mistake, okay? And I'll tell you why. All right. Because for right. a man to go his own way completely, he has to have actually experienced, done, had direct experience with that which he's going his own way from. Otherwise – how can you go your own way from it if you've never had it? It's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go my own way from steak. Have you ever eaten a steak? No. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand. You've had no direct experience with the thing you're trying to move away from, but you're moving away from it. How can you move away from it if you've never been at it to begin with? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Usually that would be the kind of response you would get from a moron who hasn't considered uh, these kind of things. 
so yeah, how can you go away from something if you've never been at it to begin with? So uh, that's number one. Number two is, is, is regret, okay? And this is very common. So you'll always wonder what you missed out on. If you've never experienced it, it's like, it's like chocolate, okay? So chocolate is great, right? Chocolate's wonderful. If you eat enough chocolate, it's just like being in love. Uh, the, the biochemical response is no different. And it, trust me, go eat a pound of chocolate and you'll see what I mean. So <laughs> uh, uh, now uh, uh, try to uh, counsel somebody against chocolate. Never, don't, don't, ever, don't ever have chocolate. It's bad for you. It, it'll destroy you. Uh, what's so bad about it? It sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, 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 but, but it's not good for you. It'll make you fat. It'll rat your teeth. And you'll get diabetes if you eat too much of it. Oh, well, okay. But you'll always be wondering what you missed out on. Gee, you know, if I don't, if, if I don't splurge, if I don't eat too much, it could be good. And it, oh, it sounds yummy. And you're, because you were warned off of it so much, it's like it makes it attractive to you as a young person. But if you deny your urges, then that attraction is going to continue. And then it's going to redouble and redouble and become reinforced with time until it's like unbearable for you. Who wants to live like that? I just go bang some broad. They're all whores these days anyway. <laughs> it's not that difficult to find some broad to bang. It's not difficult to find some chick to nail unless you're like really ugly. Oh yeah, I mean, you, if you're like a you know 250 pound, 300 pound, or if you're like that guy Boogie, uh, that, that, oh, now, I don't know if you know who he is, uh, that poor bastard who married some thought on uh, oh, who essentially yeah, yeah. yeah I made a video yeah I made a video about his divorce and. <laughs> <laughs> that poor bastard. He was like 500 pounds or something. And I didn't realize how fat this motherfucker was until I saw like an actual picture, like full body. I don't know what the hell this guy was thinking. If I were looking like him, I wouldn't let anybody take a full body picture of me. Uh, but he was like standing there with his arms spread akimbo, you know, like he had just climbed a mountain. And he was like, you know, congratulating himself. Like, yeah. His arms were waving up and down, and he was spread like an X. And I was like, holy shit, he looks like just a, a wall. It's like a section of a wall with a head on it. <laughs> He's just a big square. And it's a big fucking square like SpongeBob. And then you pop the fucking little head on top. And I was like, holy shit, he's got to be 500 pounds. He, he, he was like 500. He was pushing 600 pounds. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And, of course, now he had to get that uh, gastric bypass surgery. So now he's, like, a lot thinner. And he says he's hooking up with chicks, uh, like hookers and shit now. And good, good luck to you, All pal. Right, At least he learned from his uh, mistake. He's not marrying them. At least now he's, <laughs> at least now he's paying them to go away. Uh, so, which is all you really pay a hooker for. You don't pay her for the sex. You pay her to leave after. True. It's true when you think about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that's why you pay her. You don't want to have to put up with that nagging and that constant, you're watching fucking sports. Uh, you're watching TV and she's doing all this shit, cleaning and uh, whatever. Uh, you, you, you'll never realize just how annoying women can be until you're trying to do something you enjoy that she doesn't enjoy. And, of course, since she doesn't enjoy it, you can't do it. <laughs> you, you, you can't yeah. do it because she can't do it with you. Well, she could, but, you know, she's so selfless, she can't put herself in a position where she'd have to sacrifice any of her time or enjoyment of life to enjoy something that you enjoy doing or to do it with you. Oh, no. So she has to, yeah. she has to do shit that she never does. I, I remember this one broad I lived with. I'm watching TV, and this was like what made me dump her. And, uh, you know, we've been going out for a couple years, and, you know, she was started cleaning. I'm like, what the fuck? This bitch ain't never cleaned a goddamn thing in her life. This was so out of character because she's scrubbing and she's mopping the floor. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I'm beating. I'm trying to watch TV. Oh, well. <laughs> I was like, huh, why am I here? <laughs> what am I 
doing here? What, why am I putting myself in this position where I can't do the things I enjoy? I mean, this broad doesn't even put out that much anymore. And so <laughs> I just said, well, give me, and so the next time I saw her, I said, okay, give me my key. You're out of here, bitch. And she got all upset, handed me with a key while she smacked it on the fucking table and left. Oh, man, I never felt so good. Uh, and that was the last serious relationship I had. You know, it was just a, this, this realization at the end there that, you know, yeah, this, 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 even this isn't worth it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even that dialed into the relationship. I'm, I'm not that into this broad, really. And so, so what's the point? What, what, what is the point, really? Eh, no point. Broads are like hookers. They're all like hookers anyway. So, you know, bang and clang them <laughs> at will. And I don't have to uh, deal with their bullshit. And so that was pretty much it for me. All right. All right. All right. I see. All right. So uh, I would really like to hear your take on dealing with oneitis. This is a problem that I had to deal with and I sort of do technically deal with, but I'm getting better at handling it. But I'd like to hear what your take is on oneitis and dealing with it and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sort of familiar with the basic concepts of, you know, it being in your head and you're just projecting what you want onto that specific woman. Well, I, I get that, but I want to, you know, I, I want to hear you go more in depth on oneitis. So what would be your advice to somebody who has oneitis and how would they exactly, you know, quote unquote, cure, uh, cure themselves? From oneitis. Now, when you talk about oneitis, I assume you're talking about being fixated on one specific female, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I had that when I was your age. I remember one broad. I, I'm not going to name her. Uh, let's call her Candace. That wasn't her fucking name, but we're just going to use a name because it's convenient <laughs> at this time. And right. I was just like enamored with her. Every time I saw her, I was just – I was in love, man. I thought she was so hot and so great, and I just, oh, man. I mean, for years, I pined after this broad. Ah, she went into me. Eh, of course not. <laughs> they never are. <laughs> they just, it, they, because if they were, then all the adoration would stop, you know, and they were all attention right. horse, you know. Uh, as far as that. the Please. fixation goes, how to overcome that, well, it's different as an adult. Uh, you know, I mean, you just rub one out, uh, generally. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, of course, as an adult, you know, I just go bang some broad or, or, you know, just watch porn or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm an old guy, so it's, uh, it's not a big problem anymore, if at all. Uh, but when I was your age, how would I recommend getting over it? Honestly, bang some chicks. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if you're a good looking kid, bad looking kid, if you're a regular, normal looking kid, or you're, you know, I'll just 300 say that I'm pounds. I'm not good looking. Just to be safe, I'm not good looking. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I'm hideous. Really? Well, hmm. well, there. Well, confidence might be a a problem. <laughs> Your confidence yeah. level might be no. A problem. I'm 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 like an ugly, confident person. Like looks like like I know I'm not good looking. Okay. But Are I you do, fat? I'm okay with it. Are you fat? Yeah. Oh okay. no, I'm not fat. I have a little bit. I'm not skinny, but I'm not fat. I do uh, exercise actually. Um, yeah. my advice, honestly, now some people might disagree with this uh, because they'll right. think I'm some kind of fucking heretic who's going against uh, me, which isn't a fucking movement or a group. But these idiots think it's a movement or a group, so they'll fucking remonstrate me for giving you what I think is good advice at your age, anyway, in the context of your age and where you are at in life. Uh, in the context uh, where you're at now, as a 14 year old guy with out of control hormones, um, so there are a number of options. Uh, you can go the right. fleshlight option, which is an affordable option. You know what a fleshlight is, right? 
Oh, I'm familiar with it. The problem is actually attaining, uh, you know, actually get him a hands-on stuff. Well, you can buy it in the mail. Flashlights. You can buy it in the mail. Oh, yeah. You can buy a mail yeah, order. Good luck. Let's hope that, well, I'm not sure because sometimes my uh, parents are going to go pick up the mail without me even knowing. Uh, They're like, well. who ordered this flashlight or whatever it is? Uh, get it delivered to a friend's house then or um, uh, uh, possibly pick up at the post office. You can have uh, any post uh, specific packages the post office can hold for you. So if a package comes in, you just go into the post office and you give them the routing number and they hold the package and it doesn't get delivered to your house and you just pick it up at the post office. Hmm. So that's something very easy to do. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's, that's very easy. You just go in, uh, any packages for me, you hold, they hold them. Uh, so, and then you go and pick it up there. That's one option. Option number two is uh, you get your ass running. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You, you get in some physically, uh, decent shape and chicks like thin guys. And if you're a thin guy and you are reasonably charismatic, you can pretty much bang broads. Now, again, this sounds anti-MGTOW, right? This doesn't sound like what somebody like myself would be recommending. But I wouldn't recommend it for somebody 20 years older than you, or, but you're just 14. I don't want you to grow up and be 25, mm-hmm. 30 years old, wondering what you missed out on, constantly stuck in a rut, not able to continue onward in life, to go your own way, to focus on your life and your career and your aspirations uh, professionally and it, within your own life because you're, you're focused on what you didn't have. You see what I'm saying? Right. I see what you're saying. So, so do that, which is required. And, of course, you know, some people out there say, Oh, big tough philosopher, <laughs> you heretic. Oh, you're going against the orthodoxy. Oh, oh. No, I'm, I'm being realistic. I'm being rational. And this is from a guy who's banged a lot of broads. I banged a lot of broads. I can't count how many. Okay? So what am I going to sit here and tell you don't bang broads? Really? What am I, a fucking hypocrite? No. I cut it out of my fucking system. I just didn't live with them. I didn't have kids with them. Well, I did actually, but that was fucking years ago. So, oh my God, long time to fucking go. Uh, but I don't. Okay, present tense. I don't live with broads. I've never been married, and I've never had any kids with any chicks. That's the only things you need to do to be a man going your own way, to be a bachelor, because that way you avoid all of the pitfalls that could occur. Now, of course, you have all mm-hmm. this Me Too bullshit and false rape, oh, rape. But for girls your age, that's not really a big concern. They haven't uh, really been indoctrinated into that Me Too yeah, rape not, culture. Not, yet. Not, to, yet. Not, not, in the, not in the extreme or generally speaking, although there might be some that are uber social justice warriors. But uh, uh, generally speaking, it's not a huge concern. Uh, if, you're, if you're a college student, I might be giving you different advice. But – my advice to right. you would be to bang other chicks and get yourself a flashlight. Uh, that would compensate. Uh, but those are your two choices, all right? That's my advice. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Seems good. Yeah, on the whole um, banging chicks part, you know, that, that itself isn't a problem. I'm not like a guy who is just unfit. And yeah, use use, use women for what they're good for. That's the advice mm. I give men because they're at least good for that. <laughs> at least there's a one right. thing they're, they're not good for making sandwiches or cleaning a fucking house or doing anything like raising kids. Let's get a nanny while I go to work and make $70,000 a year. And then we end up spending $75,000 a year to have the kid taken care of by a nanny and in fucking daycare. Yeah, that's logic for you. 
And meanwhile, I don't get to raise my fucking kid, and the kid doesn't get that mommy or daddy around. But hey, I got to have a career. Bunch of morons. Fucking stupid. Well, what's the point of being a fucking parent if you're not going to raise your own children? That doesn't make sense to me. Stupid broads. It just (laughs) makes no sense. I'm going to go get a job that pays X amount. Then I'm going to spend more than that to have somebody else raise my fucking kids because I want to be fulfilled in a strong wayman. Fuck off, bitch. (laughs) It's just ridiculous because they think they can have it all. You know, They think they can have everything. I can have a career and I can have a family. Well, you can have a kid, but you'll never see it. Is that okay with you? Idiots. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, that was an interesting take on that. Okay, so my next question aimed at you would be how exactly can we protect MGTOW from getting invaded by those, you know, profit seekers and people who don't genuinely care about, you know, actually helping men in that sort of uh, respect, you know, the people who are just there for the money and all that. How do we protect uh, MGTOW from those I understand, stuff. I understand. I could name a few of them. I'm not going to. You probably know who they are. There's some of them that are still very popular on YouTube right now, but uh, they're fakes, phonies. Um, and l- let, me, let, me, let me be straight about something. I'm a capitalist. I don't have a All problem right. with people getting paid for their work. If you produce good content, uh, I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting paid for it. I think that you should. I think that if people can afford to donate, if they can afford to contribute to someone's channel that they like and whose material they regularly ingest, that they should. If they can't afford to, fine. No pressure on them. But those who can should because, again, I'm a realist. And in reality, people are motivated by da, – da, da, they're motivated by profit, by money, by resources, by getting something in return for their work. That's just reality. And the better somebody is at something, the more you want to compensate them because if you don't, if they're that good at it, then they stop doing it. And then you lose all of the products of their endeavor. And then you lose somebody who's a very good advocate, a very good voice for the MGTOW community who produces superb content, and then they just disappear. And then you have one less person to red pill more men. And by the way, they were an extremely effective red pillar of men. So I'm not against people making money. What I am against mm-hmm. is people viewing it as that alone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like they don't really believe and they themselves don't walk the walk. Right? So it, like that Bill Burr douchebag. That fucking guy. I know there's a lot of people like Bill Burr, uh, but if you didn't hear my video I made about him and his comments about MGTOW, I, and by the way, this guy doesn't walk the walk. He married some big, uh, uh, you know, feminazi, uh, Amazonian black woman who looks like a linebacker for the, uh, <laughs> some a fucking, uh, she looks like a fucking linebacker for a professional football team of some kind. She's a gigantic woman. <laughs> She's a feminist, hardcore feminist. She's a hideous woman to boot. I mean, she's got the facial bones of a man. She would make a very handsome man. Let's just say that. And he married her. I don't know why. He was getting old. He was afraid to be alone. I'm afraid to be alone. Oh, my. Yeah, you pussy. And so and, and he made a video where he was attacking or insulting MGTOW, and he was making fun of it. And that's the kind of guy that I don't like, uh, you know, because he, he's, not, he's not real. In the way he presents himself, he's not real insofar as where he's coming from. He's just somebody who's essentially looking to make money. Now, you could argue, okay, well, who cares? Because the guy is essentially doing the required job. He is getting it done and better than a lot of other people could. I guess there you could make an argument for that. 
Um, are they bad for – I mean, you know what I think is really bad? It's the competition aspect. Is. Well, you saw what happened like back in last year and the beginning of this year. There were a bunch of these idiot YouTube channels that formed their own kind of collectives of channels. And these, this collective was attacking the other collective. And then some, a bunch of uh, one collective channels got deleted. And then a bunch of the other collective channels got deleted. I don't know if you remember this. I I was aware that some di- some guys were like going against each other and some were teaming up yeah. with each other, but I wasn't. So I'm not l- really up to date with the drama that's going on. Basically, uh, there were a bunch of, sort of it, there were a bunch of idiots involved, and essentially they showed themselves for nothing more as nothing more than grasping money hungry douchebags who were only concerned about getting rid of as much competition as possible so that they could reap the lion's share of donations from their followers all right that that's all what right. i don't yeah, like that's that that's what that that's where i have a problem okay live and let live okay but 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 okay i, I have no problem if producing content is your primary concern and then yes for donation people donate fine but some of these people who produce these channels and still do, even though their old channels got deleted and then they open up a new channel, my problem with them is it's their primary concern and they don't really care about other men. And they show this when they go out of their way to attack other channels. And then they specifically go out of their way to encourage their followers to do the same. And then you get mass flagging campaigns. And then before you know it, people's channels are disappearing. Because one mm. MGTOW content producer didn't like another MGTOW content producer because that person had too many followers, too much influence, and that was making actual money producing content. And they're like, oh, well, that's my money. God damn it. He's stealing my viewers, and that's money that could be going into my pocket. And that kind of envy uh, that then right. harms men because you got MGTOW channels producing, uh, disappearing, good channels that are actually helping men, that are red-pilling men. And that kind of infighting that is created by that type of greed and over-concern with money because that's really all they care about. They don't care about men. That's what I have a problem with. So it's not the profit. It's not wanting to be uh, profiting from your work. It's making that the overwhelming goal. That, that above everything else to the point where you're trying to destroy other men to increase, to, to, to focus more on that goal, to increase your profits. That's what I don't like. And it is very All right. harmful. All right, yeah. I've I never do. been like that, by like the way. The, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm yeah. N- never, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, like- I never was like that at all. I, I, I'm, I have a live and let live type philosophy. And right. if, I, if I cared about that stuff, uh, you know, I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be sharing my time with you. It, 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 it's irrelevant to me that men are the most important thing, okay? That's my focus. Right. That's my concern, helping men, okay? Yeah, I ask for donations. I ask for people to support my channel because, you know, website costs money. Time is money. Uh, everything costs money. That's just reality. But I don't require it. And it's not my main right. priority, okay, like some of these people. True. It's just a recognition mm-hmm. of reality, Need resources right. to continue to produce the content. Duh. It's a totally 100% fan-funded channel. But that doesn't mean that's my main concern. And I don't believe right. – and I right. don't fall for – don't, don't fall for this bullshit narrative that, oh, well, if you believed in it, you wouldn't want any money. You'd be a crusader and you'd do it all for free. Uh, what? 
Why don't you go say that to the Catholic priest who makes a monthly salary, okay, and drives around a fucking Mercedes, okay? He, he gets, you know, it's very funny to me. So why don't you go tell that priest that he doesn't believe in God because he's getting paid to work? Mm-hmm. That, that's very interesting logic. So essentially what, essentially what you're saying is that if you're getting money for something, you don't believe in it. What? Is it just me or do you see the logical fallacy there? No, it's not just you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? So these kind of purists who say, well, the only uh, MGTOW content producers that you should listen to, they're the best ones. They don't want any money. Uh, they, they don't want money because they couldn't get money because their content's crap, because nobody wants to listen to them. <laughs> okay? So they don't put that much work or time or effort into producing content. Okay? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, I got a business. I got two businesses. I got a job. I'm a very busy guy. It takes time to uh, uh, do this stuff. As I said before, uh, I got a $600 microphone I talk into. I, I spend money on, on a yearly website now. I just sort of – all this stuff costs money plus my time, which I have to take away from my work. And again, I do it gladly. And all I ask are donations from people. What I, what I resent is people implying that just the act of asking for a donation somehow invalidates you as a true believer. What? That's that's absurd thinking. I I really don't understand that, and it, you know it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I'm gonna <laughs> I digress. It's enough on that subject. That's all right. That's all right. I I I know what you mean. I know what you. Mean. I don't like the whole drama thing. You know, I understand that. You know, there can be problems between channels and and all that. But the drama, it's just you know we're, we're actually trying to get away from that. Yes. You know, that's kind of the whole point of. You know, forming that little online community, that little online bond, and now you're here to start up drama. You know, right. that's that's why I didn't even pay attention to it. You know, it's called I'm drama marketing. Yeah, <laughs> I most likely, I, I'm pretty sure I don't want I don't want to be aware of it that much. You know, right. I just don't want to deal with it. Right? I'm of not course, here for drama. Yeah, I wasn't really all that keen on it either until it came to my channel, and I was made aware by somebody that it was actually other MIG, another MGTOW channel that mass flagged my channel and got it deleted Mm -hmm. it wasn't feminazis that got my channel deleted i found out and i'm not going to name the person i already have done that in the past but it was another migtow channel and that's the sad part i think i know i've heard about that between you and him Uh, i think i may know who you're talking about i'm not 100 percent sure but we'll talk about that later yeah but that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about that doesn't serve men in any way shape or form it's a very petty vindictive use of your resources very petty and vindictive and it doesn't help men it doesn't help anybody not not really so yeah that, right. that's not the way to go about defeating your competition by underhanded tactics that way okay if you're trying to compete if that and, and by the way that that's an inevitable part of life men will compete it's just that simple but it's how you do it just produce quality content just produce good content that's it it's just like the free market. You produce a good product, people will buy your product. People will use your product more than the other guy who produces a product that's not as good, that they don't like as much. That's how you compete in a fair market. You don't do these underhanded, dirty tricks <laughs> to destroy other people that you see as a competitor. No. You compete honestly and have integrity and believe in the product and the content that you're producing and the quality of it. That's how you compete with integrity and honesty, and that's what a real man does. Right, right. Good point there. Good point. I agree with you on that. Okay, so uh, my next question for you after the whole uh, 
thing about prop seekers and all those shield stuff uh, would be if you supposedly hypothetically had a friend who knew nothing about MGTOW at all and he asked you what it was, how would you explain it to him in just one sentence? Oh, very simply. Uh, because the problem with – oh, I guess you would just want me to give the sentence. Uh, so – don't marry a you woman. You can do whatever you want well, to, really. Uh, it's right. up to you. So don't live with a woman. Don't marry a woman. Don't have kids with a woman. Do not, in any way, shape, or form, put yourself in a position where you have to give her resources. All MGTOW is is a word. It's, it's, it, it, MGTOW is an acronym for men going their own way. It's a phrasal verb, and it has a meaning, just like a runner has a meaning. He's a runner. If I say he's a runner... It conjures an image in my head that's associated. So, and I know the definition of runner, and it conjures that image of my head. In my head, I know what a runner is. That's it. There's no ideology around the word runner. It's a, it's a definition. It's a descriptive. Uh, MGTOW is a phrasal verb. It, it's a thing in a sense that you know, uh, th it's a description of, of what a someone who is MGTOW. It's not a thing. Okay, it's a description of a man. Going his own way. This is the definition of MGTOW. That's it. He doesn't marry, doesn't live with a woman, doesn't have kids with a woman. That's all MGTOW is. It's, it's very simple. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's, it's just a word that has a definition. There's no attached ideology or anything like that or set of beliefs that go along with it. Although you do – and then as I said, people encounter – now, people do see all these MGTOW men congregating and sharing the same beliefs, so they think that's an attached ideology, but those are just life experiences that they're sharing. That's all. Right. It's not an ideology, right, okay. unlike all feminism. Right. All right. <laughs> which all right, most all right. certainly is an ideology. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So my next question to you, it is sort of similar to my last question, but but not exactly. You'll see. So – if you could give a speech to every single man in the world, what would you say to them? And this one you can elaborate as long as you want it to be. Like if oh, they're <laughs> supposedly an auditorium or whatever filled with every single man. It filled with every – okay. Phased out there a little bit, but I think I got the point. Well, if I were to give a speech to every man in the world, first of all, I would spend a lot of time scripting it and uh, such. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, true, just true. on the fly, I mean, that, that's a tough to that, that's a tough order. I don't know that I could uh, ad lib that. And I, it would be it wouldn't be difficult, I suppose. But after this long uh, an interview, it might be uh, subpar. OK, well, I suppose I would give them a simple message that you have value. You're a man. OK, men built. All right. The world. You, well, it's a speech. So you're not supposed to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no interjections. Okay, so you're a man. You built the fucking world. You need to be proud of yourself. You go back seventy years. We were storming the beaches of Normandy. We freed the fucking world from the Nazis. We freed the world from communism by fighting in the Cold War against the fucking Russians, which took a special kind of will that only men can muster. Of course, now we seem to be adopting the same ideologies. Tell we fucking fought. I'm going off. I'm going off on a tangent though. So pack them in. Okay. And what's good about them? Uh, okay. So you built the world. You go back six thousand years. You built the fucking pyramids. Uh, you, you spun around that giant brass saw blade that was eight feet in diameter that cut those giant blocks, millions of them, that went into the – I think it's millions. Maybe it's hundreds of thousands. But anyway, they built the fucking pyramids, okay? <laughs> you carved the sphinx. You built the greatest nations in the fucking world. You built Rome. You built Egypt. Uh, you are the builders and the makers and shapers of reality. Women, they just live within it. 
do not worship the feminine. The feminine destroys. The feminine is chaos. It's very real chaos. The male is order. He is construction. He makes everything better. If it was not for men, there would be no fucking society. We fought... We fought other tribes. We fought other tribes for resources. When we were living in caves and we were barely more than an ape using a wooden spear that had been hardened over the fucking fire, we were going out there and fighting other uh, uh, apes walking around on uh, two legs. Maybe they've been walking around on two legs for a few thousand years. They still look more like apes. Uh, maybe look like a Sasquatch. I don't know. But uh, we were out there fighting fucking other apes to protect our women and our babies and to get food. And we're fucking fighting giant woolly, woolly mammoths with fucking wooden spears. And getting stomped on by a big giant fucking elephant that we're trying to kill with a little fucking wooden spear while she's sitting comfortably back in a fucking cave breastfeeding her child. And she's calling that oppression. You did all this <laughs> to bring us to where we are now. And look at the sad state of you men now. You, you, you accept being pussy whipped, cucked mangina wimps. You let these women walk all over you, these Pathetic little petite 110 pounds. Well, I wish they were still 110 pounds, more like 250 pounds. <laughs> oh, but good you'll man. let these big yeah, land, land whale uh, uh, mammoth women walk all over you, which, by the way, women that big walking all over you is going to do some real damage, which is why you men looks like such sad sacks, because you actually are sacks, because you had these big fat broads walking all over you, and they squished all the fucking guts out of you. But, yeah, you have no balls anymore. You need to find your balls again, man. Look, look at the great history that you came from. You came from a history of men who conquered and defeated the natural world and master and shape it, and now it serves you to a certain extent. Not really. That's an illusion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, regardless, look at all the great things men have done. And it's all because of men, not because of women. You know, they squirted out kids, but it's you. It's you, the men that are the makers and shapers of reality. You need to stop worshiping women. You need to stop terming women as awesome. And great. And putting them on fucking pedestals. And you need to put yourself on those pedestals. That's what you need to do. Because you are the ones that should be worshipped. Not women. Because what do they do? They suck away all your money and resources. And leave you with less to build and create with. They are anti-creation. They are the epitome of destruction. So stop worshipping women, men. And start embracing the noble masculine. There's nothing toxic about masculinity until you put it in a woman. When you put masculinity in a woman, that's when it becomes toxic, okay? Okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's... All right. Well, that was still very good. That, that would be a good speech. I think some guys would enjoy that. And then there will be some guys who will call you a sexist freak and try to I'm a misogynist. kill you or whatever. But I'm yeah, a misogynist. <laughs> misogynist, right, right, right. Misogynist. I, I just realized that. Some guys are like that. You know, you can't forget the male feminists. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, all a male feminist is they're just a bunch of guys who can't compete on a level playing field. So yeah. they, they, they try to weasel their way in the back door, you know. Literally, uh, both figuratively and literally, they, they want to get in that back door. All right. And the way they do it is by pretending to follow the same ideology that she does. And they do that because they want to get close to her, which I don't understand, because the majority of feminists I've seen are pretty ugly broads, fucking underarm hair, fat, short, chopped off hair. What the hell do you want with that? Looks more like a man than a woman. Of course, I guess when that's the majority of what there is in society. You have to, uh, you know, take it or leave it. And I guess they want to take yeah. it. Of course, you know, a, a, the pussy like that, I would rather have a fleshlight. That's some disgusting shit. 
Like you see all these big fat dots, these big fat broads on Tinder and all these uh, dating apps. And it's like you're going through pages after pages of these fat broads and they have all these high expectations. I want a man with an eight-inch cock. He's got to be 6'5 and make six figures and have a BMW and a nice house. It's like, but you're a blob. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pig. What, what, are you, what are you, crazy? Look in the mirror, yeah, honey. What do you bring to, yeah, what do you bring to the table? Let me ask you that. Like, like they have so many high expectations, these ridiculous unrealistic expectations that uh, I'm pretty sure there is literally no man on earth that meets your expectations, yet right. you bring nothing, nothing. to the table. Nothing. Like, not even a tight pussy. They're not, not even a yeah. tight pussy, or asshole, because she's such a blob and a thought that in her early years she fucked everything that was available. And, so, and she's ugly and hideous. And there's nothing you bring to the table that a man values because a man values thinness and he values a, a tight twat, somebody that hasn't been fucked by 27 miles of cock. And, you know, it, 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 you are none of these things, okay? It, 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 this, is, this is the problem with feminism. You see, it's made women believe that men and women are equal in all senses. So the woman believes that the man values the same thing she does. Because, again, feminism is all about equality, and it has warped women's views on men and what men want from women. Well, you know, I want a man that makes X amount and has this and that and this, so he wants the same thing from me, right? Uh, no. He wants you to be thin and make a fucking sandwich and shut up. And stop chopping <laughs> your fucking hair off because you look like a man, and we don't want to fuck a man. So... Uh, you know, that's the big problem with feminists. They don't empathize with men. They only empathize with other women and only other women who share their ideological bent. When it comes to empathizing with men and putting themselves in men's shoes, absolutely not. They have no clue anymore what men want because feminism has so corrupted them and tainted their view of the world that it's all about equality with them. They see everything through a lens of equality. Men and women are a blank slate. We are the same. It's just some kind of corrupted, stereotypical gender roles that were created by a patriarchy that makes men and women have these so-called preferences. The truth is, if you leave men and women alone, they're going to have the same preferences. Uh, what? <laughs> no, that, that's not how reality works. And by the way, if that's the case, why is it that your female gender role, supposedly, this is a very interesting thing, and it's contradictory, of course, which is all feminism is about. It's a bunch of contradictory views <laughs> that they're able to adopt and hold at the same time because of cognitive dissonance. Wait a second now. If the patriarchy created gender roles and... See, the, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. If the, gen, if the patriarchy created gender roles, uh, then why am I prioritizing the feminine gender role and the feminine aspects of human behavior if it was created by an evil patriarchy? <laughs> wait a second. What? Wait, wait, wait. That doesn't make any sense. If, if the patriarchy, which is men created the so-called stereotypical gender roles that we adhere to as a race and they're just social constructs, why are women preferring and advocating feminine aspects of behavior when it's created by the evil patriarchy? And why would an evil patriarchy create and give women gender roles that are better than the ones they give to men who are supposed to be the patriarchs? Can you explain that to me? Hmm. Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't <laughs> it makes no sense. I don't know. Right? It doesn't make sense. And it's a, yet another contradiction that all of these types of ideologies hold, which is, by the way, why they don't think. That's why these ideologies don't teach critical thinking. That's why you won't learn critical thinking in school and in universities, because if you did, then you'd be able to very easily spot these contradictions and see that it's bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. Mm hmm.
All right. But I All digress right. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so this is another one of those. Um, I, guess, I guess you call it a hypothetical question. I'm not sure. But what would it take for you to get married? As in the world would change. Uh, what would it be? The women changing, you know, better laws regarding marriage and divorce and all that stuff. What would it be? What would it take to convince you to get married? All of the above and probably still never. <laughs> let, me, let me explain something. Really? All right. Let, let me right. explain. So first of all, I don't think any of that would happen. Second of all, even if it did of happen – uh, you, you say benefits. First of all, I'm an, old, I'm an older guy now. I mean, if I had kids, the quality of my chromosomes, see, they'd probably have a couple heads or, you know, 15 uh, <laughs> IQ points shy of uh, the ability to make a fruit salad. Uh, so, you know, I'm thinking, that, uh, true, what did, what did that guy, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's father had a kid at like 90. Okay. All right. And, and fucking uh, Donald Trump, you know, he's like, what, 72, 73, and he's got an 11-year-old kid. Okay. I guess older guys can have kids, but that Baron Trump... I think maybe he's got autism or something. He don't look too normal to me. He never speaks. He's always looking down. He doesn't make eye contact. I'm thinking that might have something to do with uh, uh, daddy's old chromosomes there. But um, so, yeah, I don't know that I would want to have kids at this age, although sure, mm-hmm. I'm much more financially and mentally capable. Um, okay. What would it take? It, a lot would have to change. I mean, women would have to go back to being the way they yeah. were before my mother was my mother. So maybe her mother. And by the way, mm-hmm. I, my grandmother was a cunt, so I don't know that even <laughs> – I don't even know if I would want to uh, uh, go back to a generation where women were like my grandmother. Jeez, my poor grandfather. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he was like – By the way, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that you're like the guy who is deciding, like, like who, who would be younger, like at the age to marry. That's what I meant. Oh, 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 younger. Well, hmm, uh, still a lot would have to change. I mean, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first broad. Well, not first. I guess it was. I don't know about serious. I mean, I had chicks I dated in college. Uh, let me think. So my really my most serious relationship, the one that I considered getting married more than any other. I mean, we were together like eight years. We lived together for like five. So it was a uh-huh. long relationship, and it was a good relationship. But the problem was, as time passed and she seemingly got more of what she wanted, she became less happy. You know, I mean, she she uh, would complain. So we're trying to. I'm saving money. I'm making more money. Uh, my career is getting better. I'm focusing on my career. She's working yeah. too, and so it's okay. Mm-hmm. You, you you're working more. You're you're saving the money, and you know you're you're preparing for our future. But then she would complain, like, oh. I, I, you're not around enough. I, I never see you anymore. It's, it's uh, like we, it's like we don't, uh, it's like we don't spend time together anymore. It's like, well, honey, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing all this for us. I mean, uh, you know, we want to do this and that. We have these plans, and it's like, yeah, but uh, it's just, oh. And she wouldn't really have a point. She would just complain, and it got to the point uh-huh. where I was like, you know what? She's never going to be happy. It, it, it's not going to matter what I do. She's reaching a point where she's starting to realize, maybe, uh, that, you know, happiness isn't going to come. And, of course, it's not going to become because of of feminism. You know, if she'd have just acted like a real woman instead of trying to be a man, then she might have actually been able to find happiness and settle down and say, I want kids. I want to stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom Uh, because I cared about the broad. And I would have been happy to, uh, in in a traditional sort of framework, if she was, like, actually a real woman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not these pseudo uh, she-male type broads who even though they don't have 
cocks or haven't had their cock chopped off and inverted and stuffed up inside them. They kind of <laughs> act like they're half man, half woman. And, and by the way, a lot of these she-males act more like women than uh, women do these days. Um, but uh, yeah, if she was actually a real woman, I might have considered it. But it's just like, oh, first, oh, yeah, we need to work more and save for our future. And then we're working more and saving for the future. Oh, oh, you need to work less. I don't see you anymore. It's like, well, make up your mind, bitch. I mean, which one is it that <laughs> you want? You, you, you want to have more money in the bank so, uh, uh, you know, we can move to this area and do that. Because we already had a house and we're living together so, for a long time. And so I, I didn't know what the hell. She was just like, what do you want? What do you want from me? You, you, I don't know what you want. And she didn't seem to know what she wanted either. And I, I ain't spoken to this broad in decades. I mean, I don't know what the hell she's doing now. Uh, I think she, oh, who knows what the fuck she's doing. She's probably living with 12 or 15 cats. I don't know. By the age you, you, of, you don't have any contact with her anymore? No, not really. Yeah, I don't blame you. Just I'm, contact, I people, guess. People, you know, they grow apart. And it's just, yeah, there's, there's no point. I think yeah, she. I, ju- I, I think that she just um, got older. She never met anybody. I think. I think I did hear that she's still single, and that she's you know wasn't really able to to catch that man that would fulfill her mm. dreams and fulfill you know, her. I, I wonder why. You know, that, what, that makes me wonder why. Well, when why you, is she still single? Well, she held contradictory. Uh, 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 <laughs> expectations and contradictory wants. So I want this, but then I don't want this. Then I want this, then I don't want that. What? Wait, 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 wait a second. So, you know, when you're that, con- when you're, when you're that, uh, 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 when you have those kind of, uh, you know, that lack of self-awareness, where you don't know what you want or why you want it, good luck being happy. Good luck finding some kind of contentment in this life. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I probably right. wouldn't want her now anyway. She's old hag by now. She was my age, so... <laughs> I don't want some yeah, broad. Yeah. <coughs> I don't want some broad that's fifty and older. Get the fuck out of here. <coughs> I'm gonna bang some All chick. Right. I want some broad that's twenty five, thirty at most. All right, I got you. And they're easy you. to find too, because there's lots of broads out there that have daddy issues. You'd be amazed. Be amazed how many of these chicks out there have daddy mm-hmm. issues, because you know so many people have to work. And they work more and more and more, and then they don't have their daddy around, and then they want a daddy. Well, I'll be your daddy, honey. Oh, yeah. Here's your daddy. So very easy to take advantage of those chicks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Somebody's going right. to say – some feminist is going to be listening to this and say, oh, he's so horrible. Oh, he's a misogynist. He's an evil man. Yeah, so what? Fuck you, bitch. Yay, Jesus Christ. Yeah, women have pro- no problem sucking men dry of their resources. Yet somehow I'm an evil guy for doing exactly what they do. Please. Hmm. I'm playing the game that they constructed by their rules. Interesting that they have a problem with it when it's on the other foot. Oh, it's perfectly fine for them to play the game by their rules, but I can't play the same game by their rules. Suddenly, that's objectionable. Ah, we're going to get with a man. We're going to divorce him, take all his shit. Oh, because that's what we value in a man, his resources. But you can't do the same with what you value in a woman. Oh, that's evil. Interesting. Interesting. Bunch of fucking hypocrites. It, that tells you that tells you yeah. just how uh, objectionable women's beliefs actually are, though. They don't even stomach them when they see them in others. Mm-hmm. They, they, yep. they, if you yep. have the same beliefs, but you're a man, oh, oh, you're a misogynist. Well, that's just you. I'm just doing what you broads do. I'm, I'm playing 
in the fucking uh, uh, amphitheater that you've created. And I'm playing the fucking game by your rules. And suddenly it's wrong. Eh, fuck off. I just don't give a fuck All anymore. Right. All right. Well, I agree. I agree with you. That's the most powerful yeah, tool you can have as a man. That's the most powerful tool you could have as a man. Just don't give a fuck. When you stop caring, well, that's freedom, yeah. baby. That that's some freedom. When you stop caring, that's the ultimate fucking freedom. Mhm. Mm I realized that some time ago. Yeah, okay. So, to you, uh what does the future for men, not not really society, I guess, just just men, you know, just focusing on the male gender. What does it look like for men? Will men even be a thing in the future? Because honestly, I'm not even sure anymore. Like the male gender <laughs> might just be completely eradicated in the future. Uh, what's your take on that? I don't think that's going to happen. I think that as far as men, they're going to continue to exist. Uh, and... No, no, I, I didn't mean that. I'm just saying it could be possible. You know? Oh, sure. I know what you're saying. Now, you hear all these reports about scientists creating synthetic sperm. Wait, bullshit. That's just not going to happen. The human chromosome is too complicated. Uh, if you're talking about women somehow using their own uh, genetic material or the genetic material of other women and finding some way to create uh, you know, spermazoa that could carry that into an egg, I can see all sorts of problems. <laughs> I, can I can see all sorts of genetic problems cropping up, like kids born with fucking squid arms and shit. I, I mean <laughs> – uh, you, you know, we haven't even uh, uh, mapped the entire human genome. The arrogance to think that you could create uh, 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 eggs or sperm artificially and somehow break the term a normal human. No, that, that's retarded. And you, you want to see how retarded that is. See a movie called Gattaca. Uh, that's a, if you've never seen it before, you should. It's got Ethan Hawke and uh, the woman that you used to be married to. But if you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a great movie. It's all about... Uh, uh, genetics and, uh, uh, you know, uh, genome uh, creating, supposedly trying to use genetics to create the ultimate human. But they're all a bunch of mm -hmm. pussy whipped, uh, wimpy mangina, uh, loser, uh, cowardly weaklings. These all these are genetically engineered people because they've removed any mm -hmm. randomness from their creation. So, yeah, they focused on all of what they consider the good traits. But, uh, you know, that that's a very subjective uh, view. You know, we removed all the uh, bad traits. Well, that you that you say are bad, but those are traits that human beings need to survive and thrive. That's a very subjective uh, 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 lens to look at things through. This is a bad trait. Oh, you mean the one that's uh, associated with violence and gives human beings the ability to fight and defend themselves? Yeah, let's just take that out because that's undesirable. Yeah, see how well people can defend themselves and fight for the things they believe in if you remove that. And that's just one so-called negative that was removed from the genome of the people in this movie that were the, the called the quote-unquote valids, and then the invalid people were the ones that were born naturally, uh, you know, just by people fucking. And the valids were people that were born from uh, genetic engineering. Yeah, sort of like yeah. Hitler's vision for the vis uh, for the future on steroids, <laughs> eugenics mm -hmm. essentially, uh, mass eugenics on a world scale is what this movie explored. It's a good movie. I suggest you check it out. But as far All as right. where I see men, they'll they'll gain dominance again. They'll be. I mean, people thinking that men are running things, they're a bunch of morons if they think that because the people that run things are the ones that vote. When you have democracy, when you're dealing with a democracy. People don't understand that the people in the positions in government, they're not 
the ones actually running things. They're just representatives of the voters. And who are all the voters? Who are the majority of voters in a Western society? Hmm. Let's see, men. No, they die. <laughs> they die at work. They shoot themselves in the fucking head. They get blown up in wars. No, no, no. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought that they were the oppressors. Yeah, well, they, well, you would think. You would think that being the patriarchy, that there would be some kind of advantage, uh, that they would put themselves in a position where those things wouldn't happen, and then they would let women be the cannon fodder. But it turns out uh, when you're a man, there's no real benefits, uh, so there's no real patriarchy. But it's women, of course. They're the majority of the population. They're the ones that vote as a majority, and they vote as a collective because women are very easily collectivized, okay? So – they, they tend to vote the same way. And so mm -hmm. they're much more easily easy to manipulate and control through their emotions and their lack of reasoning skill and using a, a subjective view of the world. And the left is very good at that. So you polarize people emotionally and make them into collectives. And then you ascribe those collectives specific character traits and beliefs. And then you reinforce those beliefs as always being part of that collective's best interest. And then you feed that collective by giving them welfare and all sorts of other benefits. And then you make it a priority that they stay in, that they get a position of power in society. And then you make it uh, uh, make their position in society, which is now superior, contingent upon them voting for a specific group, specific party, specific people, specific people in government. And so that's how women have kept control all along because they're really – they're useful idiots. Uh, they're being used to deconstruct Western society, but you have to give them something. You have to give them a reward because women are whores. Uh, you know, they don't do anything without some kind of uh, monetary reward, some kind of reward – uh, in general, uh, so they get all these yummy, yummy rewards. They get 85% uh, uh, of welfare goes to women. That's a little-known fact. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. 85% yeah. of welfare is consumed by women. Okay? They get affirmative action. Uh, they run most of the human resources departments and companies. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, about uh, all the time. So they will, generally speaking, hire women who have their same political views. So... Women get all these free goodies, but only if they vote for people who will push their agenda and keep them in their privileged position in society. And, of course, the only way to yeah. continue to stay in that position, besides voting for certain people, is to tell everybody else that you have no privilege, and it's actually the exact opposite. Men are the ones that have privilege, so we're going to use that argument to distract everybody. And meanwhile, while they're defending themselves from these allegations, we're going to fucking, uh, uh, you know, clean the cupboards and, uh, uh, you know, steal everything. And, uh, you know, while everybody is distracted by our bullshit critical theory attacks on men. Yeah, patriarchy, my ass. It's, it's matriarchy, not patriarchy. But I think that men will ascend again because uh, it's, 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 it's inevitable. It's simple economics. The thing that allows women to stay in charge, to stay in control, uh, to benefit from being useful idiots of the global elites is resources. And the government can only uh, continue to give them resources for so long. That the, the Federal mm. Reserve can only continue to print its monopoly money for so long until the debt gets so big, the system collapses underneath the weight of it. It's just a matter of time. Simple economics. The system will collapse. Mm. There'll be no more free goodies for women, and they'll need men again. Need. Really need. And then... That's going to be too late. Well, for a lot of men, yeah, a lot of men are going to say, fuck you, bitch. You can drown. You can starve. 
Fuck off. You'll have your blue pill man, giant man out there still who will, you know, reach out a helping hand. Uh, but That'll I think be a dream for them. That's yeah, their dream. <laughs> absolutely. But I think that by then a, a lot of men will have been red pilled. Not all, but yeah. I think a lot more than are now. And I think they'll oh, be yeah. very apathetic to the suffering of women. So not only is feminism destroying women's lives now, but after it destroys society with its cultural Marxist bullshit, it's going to destroy women in the future too. So yep. men are going to, men are going to get the last laugh. No question about that. <laughs> it might be another 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, it might not be in my lifetime, but it will happen. Trust me. It's, it's just an inevitable reality of economics that the only reason women have their privilege that they have now is because the government steals our money and gives it to them. Well, when the fake monopoly money runs out, when the debt gets too big, that's all she wrote. And then women will have to go back to being women. They'll have no choice. Mm -hmm. And men, right. men will have to go back to being men instead of these uh, uh, beta cuck, uh, what do they call it, metrosexual guys. Leave <laughs> fucking metrosexual. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, this is just a another personal question. What was your weirdest encounter or your most interesting encounter with a thought or with a broad, whatever you want to call it? What was your most interesting and weird encounter? Ah, well, that's easy. So I remember this one broad I used to bang, and uh, you know she was a I think she was a college student at the time. Great ass. Super body. I mean, she was a <laughs> All hot, right. she was a hot little piece of ass. Twenty two years old, smoking, and you know I go bang her, and then I go home, and you know of course she was going through college by banging some other guy who was uh, even richer than me and paying for her university education, sugar daddy, I guess. And fast awesome. forward, fast forward eight years, she's got a kid, of course. <laughs> No husband, of course, because you what know, a surprise! Th there was a reason that I would bang her and then go home because she was an objectionable cunt. She was just a nasty bitch. She she talked to men horribly. She was just this emasculating nasty cunt. But she had a great ass and she'd let me fuck her in it. So yeah, I would go over there and I would bang her and then I'd go home because she's just such a bitch. I wouldn't even sleep there. Uh, and then she calls me eight years later and we start talking and it turns out she had some kid, some guy, she was bored and so she banged some dude from Bangladesh or something, I don't know. And so she's- I'm from Bangladesh. <laughs> okay. So, you know, she- Okay. So she has some kid, some bastard kid. The guy went back to his home country to get away from her, I assume. She said she contacted him to, with a text message to tell him she was pregnant and he never replied. <laughs> That's the I ultimate way to escape child support, baby. Just uh, flee the country. And she, I don't yeah, even. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, Bangladesh, it's a corrupt, tiny third world country. Like that is that just shows how much better that is than yeah. child support. Let me just say that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> child support is a prison. And, and literally, if you don't pay, you go to debtor's prison. That right there ought to yeah. tell you just how much power men actually have in society. A big, fat, whopping zero. Because if they had all this power, uh, they wouldn't be going to debtor's prison over not giving a yeah. woman her pound of flesh. So she was like, uh, so, you know, I, we had talked a little bit over the years. And I had talked about how I thought about getting a kid. Because there was a time I was thinking about adopting or, or something like that. She's like, oh, I remember you saying you want a kid. And I was like, uh, okay. So, I, I'm pregnant. Maybe maybe you want the baby. Oh, God. I was like, what? 
are you kidding me? And, you know, I, I knew, of course, that if I were to take this kid, it would, it would be a package deal. Uh, you know, like I, she would want to be around. She would want to be coming to visit or she would be included in the deal, even though initially she was saying, no, no, you could just take the kid and raise the kid and I would stay where I am. And but it just started growing. And then she wants me to marry her. I was like, what are you talking about? All we ever did was have sex. <laughs> we, we, we just had sex. I, I didn't even like you. I, I find you a repulsive human being. The only thing I liked about you was you had a hot, tight little body and you let me bang you in the ass. And now your body ain't even tight anymore. You've had a kid. You're 30 years old. I marry you. Bitch, I'm running fast to get away from you. Are you kidding me? Until that's one of the weirder experiences I've had, uh, you know, is that this broad, she liked it so much. Yeah, I was so good and bad. You're the only, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Honey, so what? You sociopath, you. Want me to have a kid with you because your situation, and she'd been married before, married some dude. This is a typical woman. Married some poor guy that was a university professor, and she dumped him because, I don't know why. He dumped her, actually. Right, right. I found that later on. Oh, that right. Her first husband dumped her because she just talked too much, and, and she was too <laughs> annoying. And so he dumped her. And this was a guy that didn't even make that much money. He was like an assistant professor, you know, uh, just starting out, and he dumped her ass. And then she goes to mm -hmm. live in some big city. And before, uh, before you know it, she has enough money to buy a house after four years of supposedly working at a restaurant as a restaurant manager or something. I was like, eh, you saved how much money? And your job was what? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that I, th th there's something suspicious crazy. here. Me thinks that you were working as a hooker. <laughs> That's what me oh, thinks. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, how, how does a restaurant manager save up money to buy a house right. that quickly. Like, yeah, you don't. be another source you of don't. income. Right, you don't. You know, and she was talking to me about all these gifts she was getting from men. And I'm thinking to myself, trying to you mm. know, impress me about how desirable she is and, and, and make me want her even more. Jeez, women are so fucking clueless. They don't understand men at all. I'm going to think you're a cheap whore you start telling me about shit like that. It's not going to make you any more desirable to me. She thinks she's like a Maserati or some shit. Oh, oh, I'm a, I'm so wonderful and beautiful. All these hot guys want to drive me around. Yeah, that's, that doesn't make you at all desirable. It makes you less desirable. Uh, so, and I'm thinking to myself, when, when I found out she, she moved back to her hometown and bought a house and all that, and she told me how much it cost. And I was like, 400 what thousand? What? What? Yeah, I was like, hey, 400000 how much? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, she was working as some kind of prostitute. Even for a house, that is a lot. Like, yeah, that yeah. is some – like that That tells you that is some prime real estate. Oh, right yeah, there. I told you she was a hot broad. I mean she was definitely on eight, eight and a half and uh, objectively. So, you know, that's why I had no problem banging her and then going home uh, even <laughs> though I didn't like her. You know, we men can do that. We're not these, uh, uh, you know, emotional creatures like women. We ha I have to have feelings for you. No, <laughs> I really don't. You're just like a doll to me. And, you know, she <laughs> let me keep coming back because she really liked it, too. So, you know, because I know what the hell I'm doing. So, yeah. And that's another way, by the way, you want to uh, bang a lot of broads. Uh, learn what you're doing. Uh, you get good at it, and then they'll want you to bang them. You know. It's a, it's a reward in and of itself, and you get to use them for what they're good for. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when she came to me and said, I have a baby, and he ran away, and you said you wanted a baby, we should get married. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I already heard about your old husband, and how he left you because you were annoying, and I couldn't stand her, by the way. So, 
You know, that that's yeah. probably one of the weirder experiences I've had. Some broad I rarely saw over an eight year period that wanting me to adopt her child that she had with another guy, probably a John who probably paid her so he could bang her. And then she's dumb enough not to use a condom. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of my okay. otter experiences. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was certainly an interesting story. All right, cool. OK, so um, besides marriage and all that sort of stuff, the stuff that's related to it, what is something that men should avoid doing or, or whatever at all costs besides marriage and, and hmm. the stuff related to it? What's something that we should avoid? It's an interesting question. What should we avoid? Hmm. Well, uh, let's see here. Avoid university. <laughs> OK. Oh, man. Uh, unless you're all going right. to uh, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, or a mathematician, or a scientist, something like that, don't go to fucking college. It's a complete and utter waste of fucking time. If you're going into the humanities, if you're going to be a, I would be a psychologist, do-do-do-do. Yeah, okay, well, you want to be a fucking psychologist. Okay, maybe you should go into that, because there's good money in that. You get to sucker people into thinking they have mental problems that only you can help them solve. They could probably solve them themselves, but, uh, oh, no, I'm going to spend 10 years going to see this person. Uh, you know, if you spend 10 years going to see a shrink and you still haven't solved your problems, I would think that shrink is not very good at their job. Uh, but a lot of you know, the shrinks make money uh, doing this, so it's in their best interest to keep you believing you're mentally ill or to continue to treat you and not help you cure your mental illness. So, But as far as uh, uh, studying in university, just to go to university, no. It needs to directly influence a career that is going to produce resources and allow you to do your job. It has to be something that directly contributes to your profession. Otherwise, don't fucking go. Don't go. You know, I wish I could go, but I sort of – so my dream job, it's to be an, uh, an airline pilot. But oh, you don't need university for that. You, you don't need university. I, I know, I, but, but airlines require it. Major airlines require that. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that because I know some guys that uh, when it, were in the Navy and they became pilots in the Navy and then they got jobs once they came out of the Navy as airline pilots. And yeah, yeah, you can do that. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to fly F-16s and F-22s, but I got problems with war and all that, so I don't, I don't plan on going, you know, the military, the military route. I, I'm looking at going the civilian route and uh, doing that. You're you know, talking that's, now. That's for, first of all, you're talking about major airlines in America. Let, let me explain something for you. First of all, you don't want to get your first job with an American airline, with any type of uh, Western uh, 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 airline of any kind. They, they have these uh, ridiculous requirements that have nothing to do with the job, and the it, it's a very saturated field. So the pay sucks. Uh, you might make more flipping burgers at McDonald's. Uh, I'm not kidding. I heard of some airline pilots making nineteen thousand dollars a year to start. It, it's those it's, are the regionals. Those are the regionals. Well, yeah. yeah well, well, we, I mean, we, we, pay gets better as you go into the majors. Like afterwards, yeah, it's like uh, when you do mainland operations, it's like one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand. Uh, that the, the people the that get fun. those jobs are veterans that have been flying for ten, fifteen, twenty years. I would think, 
and, oh, and, and, no, and once you get there, that's like three hundred thousand or so, or close to three hundred thousand. Right, and, and those that's jobs actually. don't open up often, and they're held generally by veterans that have decades of experience, is my understanding. And if you're just uh, starting out, I, well, there is a pilot. There is a pilot shortage right now. No, well, a, a, a shortage of qualified pilots. That yeah, is. yeah, yeah. As you said, even to fly that regional bullshit, they require some kind of college degree. Two year for regionals, four year for majors. It's yeah. absurd. It's absurd. It's just a bound. That's just a barrier to prevent entry. It's a regulatory barrier, nothing more, and it's very stupid. So here's what you do: you get your pilot's license, and then you go fly in China, mm-hmm. or right. Thailand, or Saudi Arabia, or one one of these uh, foreign airlines. They pay well, both in local dollars. And relatively to the American dollar, you do that for three, four, five years. That work experience as a pilot, as an airline pilot in a, a mainstream, uh, 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 you know, commercial airline will supersede any requirement for a university degree uh, to work at a airline in the West. Of course, you might like it so much you may never go back to the West, which might be a good thing. <laughs> True. But yeah, right. you can make very good. I knew one guy. Uh, he was making mad money. He just came out of the uh, uh, Navy, and he opted out of working for American Airlines because they paid so poorly, and he just went to China and was working there for a few years. And then that gave him a lot more options in terms of employment. And then after he had worked in China for four or five years, he had – you know the, his ticket was punched. He could go anywhere he wanted. Uh-huh. And they don't uh-huh. require they don't require the same kind of uh, educational background like you must have this, you must have that as they do in America. All right. All right. So that's one option for you. Yeah, I'm just yeah, a, right, I'm just right. a font of knowledge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure cuz I mean that is a hard and confusing thing to do. So moving to another country, that's the really the main you know, barrier, if you will, that that that, that crosses my mind because there's like a lot. You know, you have culture shock, uh, a different language you'd have to work with. Now, now language won't be a major problem, but still, it, you know, it it would be uh, very difficult. You know, with with that sort of thing. Uh, you know, a, a, an adjustment and everything. I, that's just the main thing that's you know preventing me from considering that option seriously. So, how would you you know work with moving to another country? Like, how would you just do that? Well, I live in Asia, so uh, that's already something I did a long time ago. Uh I got out of the West entirely. Um, It's not that difficult, honestly. You know, men have forgotten how to be men, and they don't seem to realize just how adaptable they are. I mean, it's built into our genes to be adaptable creatures. So (laughs) moving to another country isn't that hard. And the younger you are, the easier it can be because you're not – so fully cooked yet and you seem like a smart kid i don't think you'd have too much of a problem uh i don't think you'd have too much of a problem learning enough of the local lingo to get by whatever country you ended up in i mean what do you got to know how to count how much is this how much is that otherwise your interaction is going to be minimal and also you have to remember that whatever country you go to there's going to be a fair amount of the population that speaks some english because it's the international language of trade universal language right yeah, right. so uh, it's really not as big an issue as you might think, and I haven't found it to be a huge problem. But again, I'm much of a lone wolf, and you know, the only time I interact with others is in business or you know, with broads, 
just uh, for a very short time, and then I go home. Right. So, you know, uh, that's uh, – so, again, if you're wanting to have, like, a rich social life, but even then, most foreign countries have a rich expat community, and it's not difficult to find. What with uh, online resources, most expats, expats in whatever country or city they're in uh, tend to uh, communicate with each other online. So it's very easy to form get-togethers with other expats. All right. So, so it's really not that difficult. It's more difficult in your own mind uh, because you just can't imagine it and it seems so daunting. But the reality is very different. All right. Yeah. I mean, it does seem pretty fun, not going to lie. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, and you get away from the Western broads. Although I'll I'll, I'll tell you this, that feminism has infiltrated most countries, but only to a lesser degree. Uh, To a lesser degree, though. So you will still actually get to interact with women who are almost like real women used to be. So it's not bad. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, all right. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, Okay, so, uh, let's see. I have like a whole list of questions and I'm trying to decide which one I should go to next. Uh, okay. So here's a good question. Can things in society, uh, do a 180? Can they turn around? If so, how long would that take? Uh, you mean like, uh, okay. So it depends on, uh, you mean after society collapses or before? Um, it it could be both. Just, like, are we going to you know, wake up before we get to the cliff's edge and drop off? I mean, are we going to realize well, that we're moving too fast and then stop and turn around? I don't think that's going to happen. I, to be honest, I'm not really sure. So no, no, it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It uh, this right. this has played itself out in so many different countries. There have been a hundred countries in history since the turn of the century into the 20th century that have experimented with socialist, communist, Marxist type uh, ideologies. They've all failed. And they all had the same thing in common. They rushed towards that edge with their socialistic ideologies and their social programs, and they become progressively bigger and bigger and more socialist, and then they eventually collapse, leaving the country in anarchy until it forms a new government of some kind that is more democratic, uh, offers more freedom. Uh, So I think the exact same thing is going to happen in America. That happened in Russia. That happened in Venezuela. That happened in Cambodia is that the country will collapse. It's just taking longer because America is so much more productive, has so much more of a capitalistic base, has so much more wealth than these other countries did. So it's taking longer for that collapse to come. But it'll come, and it'll be horrible, and there'll be looting and pillaging and civil war and protests and war in the streets. And uh, yeah, it'll be nasty and it'll be bad. And then after that, you're going to have some kind of order come about, a new constitution and yada, 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 and hopefully some kind of uh, government will rise up that's very small, although you have some people who argue against government and say, you should have no government and anarchy and just freedom with no government. Well, I don't know how you're going to guarantee that without some kind of, you know, organization that has the, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the explicit... Uh, 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 ability to, you know, impose some kind of organized force that would allow for defense and police. Although then these people would argue, well, you have private police forces. It's called anarcho-capitalism. Uh, um, you know, there's some people that believe in it that you could have a right. more freedom with no government. You know, mm-hmm. ag- again, uh, until you show me some kind of blueprint, some kind of detailed framework that it that, that lays out everything. 
Show me a big giant book that outlines the whole system and then I go through the book, I scour through the book and I look at it with a very critical lens and if when I get to the end of the book I come to the conclusion that this will work, then I'll agree with you. Otherwise, just using critical theory to pick apart the system we have now while offering no alternative, that, that's not enough for me. That's not enough for me to say, okay, let's just get rid of government and we'll live in like a world that's like the Klingon planet. And even they had a fucking law. They even had a fucking council of Klingons sitting around. But there was still some kind of element of anarchy there. Uh, but we, we don't want that, okay? Warrior society and everybody's challenging and killing each other and taking their shit. I mean, uh, you know, until you show me some kind of viable alternative, I- I'm, I'm going to say that we, we, we need government. Maybe we don't, All right. but show me some kind of alternative that, that I can go with first. Don't just you know critically pick apart what's there and not offer some kind of alternative. But I don't think there's any going back, honestly. You know, because we, 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 ju- we know just from looking at uh, cities in America. Look at Chicago. Look at Detroit. Did they turn around? Oh, yeah. Did they stop no. before they got no. to the cliff edge? No. They just kept going right on over, and now they're bankrupt, and they have some of the highest murder rates on Earth. You think you're in the middle of uh, uh, fucking Iraq with the, you know, a- anti-aircraft missiles flying by and uh, a fucking <laughs> gun battles in the street and shit, even though guns are supposed to be illegal and banned in these cities. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's already happening in a micro uh, scale in cities ruled by Democrats for 50, 60-plus years. Uh, so you're seeing the future of the entire country in those cities. Uh, they, they, you know, people don't turn around. Politicians don't turn around. They just keep eating, 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 uh, sucking off the marrow. Uh, I mean, you know, they, 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 kill the, they kill the system, and they just keep sucking away until even the marrow of the bones is gone. And then they just disappear into the ether, but not before they've destroyed everything. For their own enfranchisement. Mm-hmm. So that's all politicians do. And, and so I don't see anything that indicates that the uh, situation on a federal, uh, country-sized level will be any different than what happened on a micro level like in Chicago and Detroit. So, no, I, I don't think there's any turning back. All right. All right. I, I can definitely agree with you there. Those those are some good points. I really liked your analysis on you know using cities like Chicago and Detroit. That was a really great point. Uh, how long exactly would you predict for that collapse? 40 to, to 50 years. 40, 40 to 50 years. 40 to 50 years. Maybe 30 if uh, at the least if we get really crazy with the, the spending and embrace a, a Bernie – uh, style socialist government uh, to the point where, uh, of course, many people argue that Bernie's not a socialist; that he's a, a social democrat, which is a little so, yeah, different. Yeah, people say like he's like independent who ran as a democrat. I'm not sure. Well, he, 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 they say he's a social democrat because he's still for private property and private business. He just wants more social programs, whereas, while a, a full-blown socialist would be about uh, the government owning all the means of production and no private property in addition to lots of social programs. Everything would be a social program. So a lot of people say he's not a, a socialist, really. Uh, and if the socialists get in charge 30 years, uh, at, you know, at most. But if we continue with this mixed sort of government – like this socio-capitalist type deal, 40 to 50 years because, you know, the Federal Reserve will just keep printing the money and we'll just keep going into the debt and it's going to go from $22 trillion to 25 to 50 to 100 uh, You know, it's just going to get to ridiculous crazy levels and then the system can't support it anymore. So that's my estimate. Uh, 30 to 50 years conservatively, 40 to 50 if we don't go full-blown uh, Sweden 
<laughs> or even <laughs> or full blown right. uh, USSR, I should say, full blown USSR, thirty years max, but otherwise forty <laughs> to fifty. All right, sounds good, and and I like those numbers partially because they sound realistic, and also because. That gives me enough time, to, you know, to fly planes. Because honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want—I want to have some time to right, enjoy right. life. Well, get out. Before society collapses. You know? uh, honestly, my <laughs> right. advice to you, son, is to get out. If you're in America, get out. It's—it's—it's it's, yeah, it's, going to get to uh, ridiculous levels, and it's going to be the new world's hellhole. It—it it, it really is. It's—it's going to be on par with an African country. It's—it's going to turn into a third world hellhole. And before you know it, whites are going to be not be a 67 percent. It's going to be 40, then 30. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. before you know it, the West will just disappear entirely. Uh, now, it won't disappear entirely because there's some countries that will survive. People think, well, white people will die out. No, you have Russia. Have Vladimir Putin and his predecessors and people that follow him. They're not going to let Russia uh, uh, take in all these uh, low IQ refugees. And same with Poland and Hungary. Uh, there's going to be countries that hold out and survive uh, that have majority white populations. And, you know, Caucasian people as a race will survive, just not in America. <laughs> just just not in America. Right. Uh, you know, so that's <laughs> the unfortunate prognosis, but it seems the likely outcome based upon the current trends. Hopefully it would change. I hope so. But I'm not optimistic. Yeah. You're being realistic, not optimistic, right? Right, I'm a realist, okay. absolutely. Right, right, right. Yeah, All I right. see reality so, how it uh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, so um, one thing that I've noticed particularly um, within MGTOW, or some MGTOW at least, is that they have these unrealistic or, or not proper, if that's the right way to word it, uh, criteria of what you have to, you know, to, to be a MGTOW. For example, some <laughs> say that you have to be a conservative to be MGTOW, right. which is absolutely not true. Some say you have to support uh, uh, support Trump, for example, to be MGTOW, which is of <sighs> course not true. Some say you have to be, be completely in mock mode to be MGTOW, which is once again, of course, not true. What is your take on that? And w- what do you think are the, like the minimums to being a MGTOW? Well, I named them before. Uh, I think, first of all, the issue I have with a lot of men who identify as MGTOW is that a lot of them have a very relativistic, solipsistic, idealistic. These are all basically subsets of the same school of idealism, relativism, and solipsism. They sort of tend to have sort of a relativistic view of MGTOW. Oh, it's open to interpretation. My definition is different than your definition. Well, no. Well, that's not reality. Things have definitions. They have meanings. And they have one meaning. There's no such thing as a car that has three different meanings. A car is a car. This is the definition of a fucking car. It doesn't have a different meaning for you than it does me, pinhead. And if it does, you're not living in the real world, okay? I live in the real world. A car is a fucking contravance that fucking moves me around. It has four wheels and an engine, okay? And if I'm having to pedal it, well, it's not a fucking car. It's just... This this idea that there is no set realistic standard, that there's no set reality, that reality is mutable, reality is fluid, it can be whatever we want it to be, it's open to interpretation. This is a leftist view of the world, by the way. This is an idealistic view of the world, which says that the mind is paramount, that the abstractions that we form in our mind are somehow the end-all, be-all. They are primary, and then reality itself is secondary, and the reality forms itself 
around based upon uh, the abstractions in our mind. So that's idealism. And this is where relativism and solipsism come from. And th this kind of view of the world uh, showing itself in MGTOW via how they say sometimes, well, you know, the definition varies. No, this is the problem with people who identify as MGTOW and MGTOW in general. Two, we don't have a universal definition. How, how are we, how are MGTOW men supposed to be able to, how, how is MGTOW going to be presented to the world in any accurate way if it doesn't have a definition? Tell me that. Right. How, right. how, how, see, this is why the news media can so dishonestly and disingenuously represent MGTOW as being something that's not, because we don't even have a codified definition of what we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's number Absolutely. one. Men who identify as MGTOW have to agree upon a definition, and I've already given you the definition, which is what MGTOW is. That's clearly what it is. If, if, if you're in any way, shape, or form grounded in reality, and you look at MGTOW men and the things they value, it's a very simple definition. It works, and it is the real deal. Don't marry a woman. Don't live with a woman. Don't have kids with a woman. Don't put yourself in a position where you in any way, shape, or form have to give her resources. That's it. That's the definition of MGTOW. That's the core definition. That's the definition, period. There is no, well, this is my definition and it's different from your definition. That's like saying your definition of a rock is different than my definition of a rock. Well, my definition of a rock is the one that's in the fucking dictionary and the one that reality tells me what a rock is. And your definition, if it doesn't jive with that, uh, then you're a pinhead. You're a fucking moron living in your own world, in your own head, and not existing within objective reality. Because in objective reality, a thing is just one thing. It has a definition. This is what it is. That's it. So, uh, yeah, I think that MGTOW men, we need to come together and decide upon a definition. All this uh, hemming and hawing back and forth about... Uh, you know, the, the, my interpretation, your interpretation, it's, it's divisive. It creates division. And it allows people who are in no way, shape, or form, men going their own way, to claim that they are because it's all open to interpretation, don't you know? <laughs> right, right. I see what you mean. That's a good point. It's a very leftist way of looking at things. Leftists embrace uh, negative philosophy, which is a lot of relativism, and they believe everything's open to interpretation. Uh, uh, partly, part of the reason they do that is because if there's no right answer, no, there can be no wrong answer either. So, uh, well, you know, that's your opinion, that's your view. They, you know, they can't be called on any any of their shit because everything's open to interpretation, right? There's no right or wrong answer, so I can't be wrong. And you, you, my ideological opponent, can't be right. <laughs> All right, right. Good point, good point. But it's a very dangerous right. view for, for uh, men, individualists, who claim to be red-pilled. If you're a red-pilled person, that means you have a strong grasp of objective reality and of logic and reason, and you have relatively good critical thinking skills. That's what you're saying, or at least should be implied when you say, I'm a red-pilled mm -hmm. man. If you then go to a relativistic view of the world from objectivism to relativistic and say, well, you know, I'm a red-pilled guy and I recognize objective reality and realism, but mm, the definition of MGTOW is open to interpretation. Well, that's a contradictory viewpoint to the one you just espoused when you said you're red-pilled. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that it, it creates division, and so men need to agree upon a definition. I don't remember what the original question was, but anyway. 
I think I might have. Yeah, the, no, no. The original question uh, was just uh, what would be some basic criteria for ah. being mixed up? Yeah, 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 it's okay. It's okay. You, uh-huh. you brought out lots of great points. I'm sure the viewers will appreciate them uh, just as I did because. You know, men that in MGTOW, that is a bit confusing because you know they're they're not sure if if they're exactly doing things right or not doing things right, and and, and that just overall it, it uh, generates confusion. Right, there's so no would, ideology. That's the mistake people make. They think there's some kind of uh, rule book or set of uh, diktats that uh, you right. have to follow that will make you this or make you that. N- no, you mm-hmm. just don't. You don't put mm-hmm. your you don't give you put yourself in a position to give broads resources. That's all. You you be, mm-hmm. be, because that's what enables them to continue being in charge. They it, to continue and enfranchise right. them, and and it continues to disenfranchise you. That's that's the only thing you need to worry about. That makes you MGTOW. Now, how you choose to be that? I mean, if you don't want to have anything to do with broads, if you want to be monk, if you want to uh, not communicate with women in any way, that's your choice. But that's not what makes you MGTOW. That's just a personal choice above and beyond what qualifies one as being a bachelor, say, or a MGTOW, or a runner. So people are ascribing too much meaning to what is just a word with a simple definition and no ideology attached. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, good. I I like the perspective you put on that. That clears up a lot of things. So wow, man, we—that's it's been over two hours. That was <laughs> yeah. a lot, you know. Yeah, a lot, it, of, a lot of great stuff we discussed. Lots of great stuff. I'm sure that our listeners and viewers will will pull out a lot from this. I'm glad. So, um, yeah, that that pretty much wraps up the interview. Uh, MGTOW philosopher, I'd like to thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Taking your time to come on to the MGTOW Academy show, I, I really did uh, have a great time. Good, I learned good. a lot just in this short time. I'm I really glad. did. So, uh, do you have anything you'd like to say to wrap it up? you have any plugs that uh, well, you would like to add? Um, so, just uh, for those of you who have never heard of me or uh, my content, you might want to check out my website, www.migtailphilosopher.com. I also do have my own uh, a bi-week, well, uh, twice-a-week podcast. You can check it out at uh, migtailphilosophershow.libsyn.com. MGTOWnPhilosopherShow.Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And also, if you Google it, I mean, there's I'm, I'm on like, you know, 20 different podcasts and platforms. I'm available on Google Play, iTunes. Yes, also, I have a store, which some of you might not know about. Nobody knows about this, by the way. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a MGTOWN Philosopher swag. Uh, of course, if you watch my podcast, the link is in the uh, description of my videos. I have shirts and mugs and shit with interesting little anti-feminist sayings and some products inspired by my content. So if you'd like to uh, support my channel, that's one good way you can do that. Buy some of that. And uh, uh, yeah, I also uh, can be found on Patreon. Uh, and uh, Tippy Stream Patreon is for like monthly, you know, donations. If you'd like to uh, make a donation to support my content, if you listen to it and like it, and I have a Tippy Stream account for individual, just one-time donations. All those are in the descriptions of all my podcasts. So you know, you can check that stuff out. By the way, guys, I'll have all of his information linked in the description or episode information box, wherever, oh, wherever platform this on. All his stuff it'll be linked there. So. Uh, the Patreon is a uh, website, uh, all that stuff. It'll be in the description. So no need to search anything up. It'll already be there for you guys. 
Uh, MGTOW Philosopher, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on to the show. You, you just spread like a lot of red pill bombs. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was an honor. It was an honor and a pleasure, and I'm sure the viewers will appreciate it. And I look forward to working with you in the future. Yeah, it's, really, that sounds really good. That sounds good. Yeah, oh, hopefully definitely. we can do this again. All righty, so I'm going to sign out, everybody. Uh, take care, and again, thank you, MGTOW Academy, for having me on. It was a lot of fun. No problem. No problem.